This is Nerd Talk Everybody, to this week's episode of Nerd Talk Ellipse, where nerd enthusiasts such as us come together with a common goal to geek out and preach nerdism in yesterday's and today's nerd culture. Featuring your hosts, Lane Stein and DJ Ben Holla. And thanks for joining us for episode 19 of Nerd Talk, Talk Lips. My name is Lane. And I'm Deej. And as always, we're geeking out weekly with our listeners about our favorite nerd topics. From Marvel and DC Comics, specializing in the CW's Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, and Supergirl. Star Wars, Harry Potter, Walking Dead, Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z, and everything in between. That's right, folks. And today on our show, we are talking about nerd news, as always. We have a brief discussion about TMNT2, Out of the Shadows, which we just saw in theaters. And we have a comic book movie versus, um, we're going to be talking about Flashpoint versus the Justice League Flashpoint Paradox movie. So we've got comic book versus the movie. Um, yeah, it was a good time. We just watched the movie today and we just read the comic this last week, so it'll be pretty, pretty fresh in our heads. Yep, so we, we promise you we're going to deliver the episode that we talked about last week as promised. Now without further delay, here comes Nerd News. Alright. <laughs> It's time for the latest in nerd news with Nerd Talkalypse. Hi everybody, welcome to episode 19 of Nerd News. We do not have any Walking Dead news this week. This is a bit dry there's not any Walking Dead. So. I mean, I guess I, there is one thing that's interesting that happened this week. It's not really... It's not Walking Dead news. It has it, to do with an actor from Walking Dead. Well, there's that, but then there's there's something... I didn't put it in the news thing. I just It just kind of dawned on me that... This is something that was brought up. There's a widely known spoiler page on Facebook called the Spoiling Dead Fans. It's been around for years. I used to read it. Hell, back when I were back when we lived in Sykesville, I was reading that page, and and then it went from the Spoiling Dead to the Spoiling Dead Fans, and they've been they have a track record of being 
extremely accurate with their spoilers. Well, I don't want to hear any of it. Well, I'm not. No, I'm not talking. Okay. I'm not talking spoilers today. I'm just talking about their track record and and, and what's going on with them. But um, usually they're posting set photos and stuff like that. Um, and that you know that was where we first saw pictures of Jesus for the first time, and they're the right. ones who who have been speculating about that uh, Ezekiel casting and things like that. Anyway, the uh, mm. apparently the the secret is so guarded by AMC about Negan's kill mm-hmm. that they have issued that Facebook page a cease and desist, huh. and that if they at all talk about Lucille and Lucille and the death of whoever Negan's victim is. If they even come close to being right, they will be sued by AMC and their massive huh, hell yeah. lawyers. You know what I mean? Like right. they, they'll lose. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like and um, regardless of of whether or not it, even even if they trump it up to being what they're calling freedom of speech, like if they're just predicting, you know what I mean? If it comes close to being right at all, then they are. Right. Then they will be slammed by AMC. They they the, this ha- was happening at the end of season six. Like, they kept getting warnings from the lawyers, and they just kept going right on doing it, because there's nothing wrong with what they were doing, they're saying. And um, now they've, you know, they've finally taken it a step further. I I don't feel, I don't blame them at all. Yeah, I mean, uh, for those those out there who, yeah, for those out there who do like to read spoilers, now, there there were things back then that I was, I was more concerned with the Walking Dead storyline versus the comics than I was anything, and I was, I just wanted relief, because... The governor storyline was driving me crazy, so that's where I got. But even so, there's not they're not 100 percent a chance for that. They're right either. So. No, you're absolutely right. But they have a pretty they have a pretty good track record. But you don't really find out that their track record was that good until after the episode airs. So, um, interesting. Well, yeah. That so that that's that's all there was. That's what's happening right now in Walking Dead news. Um, you know, other than the things I've read, Norman Reese continuously talks about the, um season seven premiere and how there's a big change shift and you know and it's just gonna be crazy and mm-hmm. and all that stuff like that so that's that's all it really comes out um, well i guess we're gonna get it right on dc universe news all right i have a clip to enter this one right before this yep they say that battle changes you makes you stronger. More ferocious. A monster in the night. Watching. That clip you were hearing was a clip from the Injustice 2 trailer, Gods Among Us 2, that they have introduced this, or that they have revealed that is coming out next year. Um, 
if you get a chance to uh, check out that trailer, that is from the trailer, um, narrated by Brian Cranston. It is a crazy trailer. Oh yes, highly recommend. If you haven't played the first one, it's it's like a, if you guys don't even know what it is, it's just a DC version of Mortal Kombat, pretty much. But the storyline is crazy oh, yeah. and uh, everything like that. So we got real excited this week when they talked about the Injustice Two. It's not even coming out for another year and a half. I know it's not coming out for another year, but we're definitely going to be doing a special about it. Oh, yeah. That's for damn sure. (sighs) Might even start up a Twitch account and do it live. Oh, yeah. All right, well, the first part of DC Universe news. While it hasn't been officially announced, we now know that their next animated film will be Justice League Dark via the British Board of Film Classification website. In their listing for Batman, The Killing Joke, the additional material section includes a sneak peek at Justice League Dark. Justice League Dark was introduced as part of DC's New 52 initiative and featured a roster comprised of John Constantine, which there was a show about him that got, actually got canceled. He made an appearance on Arrow as well. Uh, Zaytana, who's, she's a, she's like a stage magician and she, she says things backwards and that's how she casts her magic. Madame Xanadu, not, I don't know too much about her. Uh, Dead Man, who... He died. He was an acrobat that died, and then he become like he can like take people's souls or something. Like, Interesting. Is that what he said? Yeah. Enchantress, which she's very, you know, she's very popular. Well, the world will get their introduction to Enchantress this August in Suicide Squad. Oh hell yeah! And uh, Shade, the Changing Man, which I don't know who that is. The team was meant to be a Justice League-like group that focused on supernatural magical threats, but it wasn't actually related to the League in any way. In fact, they really don't want to be a team at all, but they end up grouping together for the greater good. This team was pretty much put together to fight the magical forces that the Justice League couldn't take on, because, you know, some, you know, Superman is susceptible to magic, so somebody with powerful magic comes, you know, he, he can't always guarantee to win. So this team was just there to... They're not necessarily better than Superman and them. I mean, it doesn't mean they can win against them. They can just handle the things that the other ones can't. So this is something interesting that happened, uh, that I happened to come across reading. Legends of Tomorrow is enlisting a new vixen for season two. Like, we're not going to have the same actress? Either, yeah, either it's not going to be the same actress and it's going to be the same character, or that it's going to be an entirely new totem holder. Interesting. I'm not really sure. So whoever, whoever, I can't even pronounce this chick's name. She won't be played by Megalyn... Ichigunwaki. Instead, it'll be a previous victim. Oh, previous vixen plucked from the timeline. So maybe whoever was the vixen before her. I I didn't know that's how that worked. I don't know either. But she's going to be joining the crew of the Wave Wave Rider in Legends of Tomorrow Season 2. So that is going to be interesting. Uh, They they did say that that we're going to see more superheroes than we've ever thought we'd see possible on television in Legends of Tomorrow Season 2. Hell yeah. So that show could get really crazy really fast. It's already pretty crazy. Right. Alright, next part is Batman The Killing Joke getting one night theatrical release. Batman The Killing Joke, the much anticipated animated adaptation adaptation of Brian Boland and Alan Moore's seminal comic book story is getting a special theatrical release. Warner Brothers Home Entertainment is teaming up with Fathom Events for a one-night-only release in movie theaters across the country on Monday, July 25, 2016, in two showings at 7.30 p.m. and 10 p.m. local time. Remember, The Killing Joke is rated R, and standard cinema restrictions will apply. I guess we're not going to get it in shit little do-boys, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not even any of our surrounded area. We'd have to go to Pittsburgh or something. Well, uh, yeah, I, they haven't... They, they, I think... We're still a couple days away from them announcing the theaters that you can go to. I tried looking it up, but... It's going to be like when Dragon Ball Z comes out. It's going to be very select. 
Yeah, and due to the fact that it happens on a fucking Monday, like, oh, I, shit. Yeah. you know what I mean? That's so inconvenient. Unless we just like, I don't know. If it was a weekend, it would be awesome. We it would be perfect. Pittsburgh and do our podcast on the way home. In the car. Yeah. Yeah, we could. A pure live podcast. Yeah. I don't know. Hook it up in the... Yeah, we could totally do something like that. I, I mean, Amber will be at home, and I doubt she'll be interested in watching that movie in theaters. Yeah, I'm sure. It might be something that we could look into going to, I think. it. We'll have to wait till more information comes out. But. Yeah. That's, af- that's also after we have the baby. Yeah. So things will be crazy at that point. Absolutely. So uh, we're going to get into Marvel news. So rumors have been spinning this past week across the internet only because Norman Reedus, the man of many words and many things to say, um, and uh, probably more than on one occasion gets taken out of context saying things, but he said that in some form of words expressed interest in playing Ghost Rider for Marvel. Um and I said, now, wouldn't that just be something? Like, um... Right. Hey, he already knows how to rock that motorcycle. Yeah, that's... I mean, he's his his new show on AMC just aired last night. Hmm. Ride with Norman Reedus. Hmm. It's a reality show. Interesting. Um, don't know what it was about. The Walking Dead Rebel Alliance, the, another group on Facebook, they had a live chat discussion about the that show. Um, seeing as how everyone in there are Norman Reedus heads, they all love him. So they talked about it. Um, I didn't read anything about it. Maybe I'll give it a shot. It might be interesting to watch. Yeah, we'll take a look. Reality TV is not terrible. I don't don't know. Depends on what it all involves, I guess. I mean, it depends if I mean I like Norman Reedus, so maybe it'll be interesting. Yeah, it might be. It, what I what I'm not interested in seeing is just him riding across America talking to people. I don't know I if don't I'm know. maybe we'll just if there's it. like a little bit of a storyline to it, then that'll be something. But. It's on, and then, like, the whole... There's been a lot of this going on, too. Actors, like, expressing, wanting, according to the internet. You know, we right. don't know if they're... Norman Reedus could have never even said anything about Ghost Rider, for all we know. Or but, they always say something like, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Like, Ewan, Ewan McGregor, all right? Yeah. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi. He said somewhere down the lines, like, oh, yeah, I'd love to re- revisit Obi-Wan Kenobi. And then immediately, rumors fucking He's going to be in the next movie. <laughs> they, they were going to do a, a standalone fucking anthology film with Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi, and oh, yeah. that's that. And then he came right out and said, no, I am not campaigning for this. He goes, I just think it would be cool. Yeah. He goes, I would do it if they approached me, but I'm not going out and having people sign petitions to get me into the into the Disney franchise. I just saw something this morning that said Woody Harrelson watched Deadpool, loved it so much, wants to be in a superhero movie now. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's true. Who know who the hell knows? Know, there was a they were I saw one where it said Jim Carrey wanted to be the Joker. Yeah. Like, and then how do you think about Jim Carrey as Joker? I'm like, no, I was like, no, he's not he's more of a Riddler. He did Riddler perfect. Right. And then we saw something earlier today it was on it was on Facebook going around that Stephen Amell, who plays the arrow in D C T V land Wants to play the fucking Riddler, which... That would be weird. It would be so weird. See, and it's funny, because on that same post, I was reading through some comments, and somebody said, I think we've mentioned it before, not on the podcast, but in personal. They said Jim Parsons would be a good Riddler. Oh, yeah. I absolutely agree with that. Yes. Jim Parsons is Sheldon Cooper from the Big Bang Theory. Yes, he he would be awesome. Hell yes, dude. I also... If... I think he's versatile enough to do it, but and I know it's been long fan speculated and long fan casted, but I still think I'd like to see a Johnny Depp Riddler. Yeah. At least something. Right. Like, even if it was like a little tiny fan-made thing he did himself, I just want to see what it was like. 
Because mm-hmm. maybe it would suck. <laughs> I mean, he's a pretty versatile actor, but who the fuck knows? Yeah, well, we'll get more, plenty more of. So, I mean, it could, all this could be true. You know, the superhero thing is booming, so you know, actors are going to want to be part of it. Right. Next Marvel news: Marvel and Fox announced FX's new X-Men television series Legion. So you remember last week when I was when we were talking about stuff? I don't mean to interrupt you, but no, we thought fine. we thought that we were that it was another DC. Show called yeah, Legion. Yeah, guys were talking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it, I, we were wrong. When I went back and listened to it, they were talking about this. Uh-huh. Um, it is another superhero show, but X Men. Yeah, the show was picked up for an eight-episode first season last week with a planned early 2017 premiere date. Based on Marvel comic characters David Haller, Legion is created by Noah Hawley, Far- the guy from Fargo who created Fargo. Yeah, and set in the universe of 20th Century Fox's X Men film franchise. I wonder. I wonder which X-Men we'll get to see. I don't know. So that that could be pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, just let's just go on record again. We have not seen Apocalypse yet. Um, we will soon. Yeah, we'll watch it soon. We don't know. We'll, we'll definitely talk about it on here, but... Um, I know we're doing Apocalypse and we do talk about everything under the sun, but we don't like... We like X-Men, but it's not on the top of our list at the moment. Right. But um, so that's all we had for Marvel Universe news. There was there was a couple little tidbits about, like you know, like t- I think actually I think today is uh, Chris Evans' birthday, yeah. and um, someone else's birthday today too. Um, people's birthdays. Yeah, I don't really know. <laughs> but anyway, so Star Wars news. Star Wars Battlefront Two was just announced like the other day. Um, and they're you know they're adding elements from I don't know if it's all the Star Wars movies but at least the new ones coming out they're definitely adding elements to it well, I would imagine the prequels in this one. That'd yeah be that'd be awesome but they officially announced it and they also announced the remember the other one that was like a more open world Star Wars movie that they were announcing from uh, movie or game it's a game you said movie. Oh, sorry. I meant okay, a game. Yeah, yeah. There's another one. In addition to Battlefront, there's another Star Wars adventure game coming out from the people who were are behind Uncharted. Uh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, so the visual arts behind Uncharted. Right. Like that. Star Wars Battlefront already had some of the best graphics I've ever seen. Absolutely. Ever. And Uncharted is also some of the best graphics I've ever seen. So then, uh, yeah. So combine the two and you're going to get basically a playable Star Wars movie. Yeah. And... It, it, they they in the article it promised one thing specifically and that was more lightsaber battling. Hell yeah. So I as much as I would love to see like an injustice form or Mortal Kombat form of Star Wars dueling. That'd be cool. I'm still okay with like a adventure style game where you can carry a lightsaber and just fucking battle people. Just like, like I mean the one for Xbox called Star Wars Obi Wan. I thought that was a perfect Star Wars game. Right. And I would also like to see them redo um Look, Force Unleashed for yeah, like, that those games are crazy. Yeah, I've heard that the storylines are insane. So I wanna, I would love to see them redo the, uh, like the you know, come out with an anniversary edition or something I'd like that. I play them. I never actually did play them, but I wouldn't. I I've would, heard the storylines are insane. I've watched my friend Ryan play them. They're cool looking. Um, uh, I guess so. That's it. For, that was all Star Wars news. And in other news, early spoiler-free reactions for the Cursed Child are in, and we're gonna talk about it for a minute. Okay. So these are people that, I guess, got, like, a pre-read or something? They got... No, these are people who saw the play. 
oh, these people, oh, they had the play. And yes. So we're going to get spoilers, not spoilers, but their reactions. Yeah, just to the play in general, and then we can take take well, you t- take it with, I don't want to say take it with a grain of salt, but you take it with what y- you interpret it the way that you're going to feel like it's going to play out in the book because who the hell knows how long it's going to be before Netflix or somebody puts a Harry Potter and the Cursed Child online in HD for all of us to watch at home. Right. Um, it, I, inevitably will happen. I've heard that it is, it's got special effects. They use live owls for a while. You know what I mean? They, yeah. they, it's all really, well, as far really as live well. plays go. It's fucking pretty good. That's what people are saying. So I'm going to read to you. Um, it's, it's a little, there's a lot here, but I'm going to read to you a couple things, yeah. but it said, so after months of anticipation, the palace theater in London opened its doors to the general public tonight for op- the opening preview of Harry Potter and the cursed child part one and MuggleNet. This is where this is coming from. They had a ticket. Um, it's written by Jack Thorne. Story is set 19 years later and um, after Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. It follows Harry Potter, an overworked employee at the Ministry of Magic, and his son, Albert Severus Potter, who struggles with the weight of a family legacy. In a recent video, J.K. Rowling has a plea... Sorry, J.K. Rowling has a plea for all fans seeing the play to keep the secrets, quote-unquote. Let the audiences enjoy the cursed child with all the surprises that we've built into the story. So in order to follow J.K. Rowling's wishes, here is our best spoiler-free review of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, part one. So um, they go on to say stuff about the atmosphere, being at the theater was um, chaotic and exciting. Yeah, like made you feel like you were... Yeah, like there was a buzz of magic in the air. and um, God, how I wish I would have been there. I know, it would have been crazy. Um, You know, reporters all running around doing interviews, and I would have loved to have been there to podcast it. That would have been awesome. Maybe someday. In London? Yeah, maybe awesome. someday we can. <laughs> we could have taken out. Man, we're gonna need a week off. We're going to London to podcast. Dude, I would. If I had the money and the time, I would absolutely go to London. We'll take Nerd Talk Loops to the top someday. Um, let's see. Fan dressed in Hogwarts robes. They were crying. You know, passerby laughing at all. Um, it was obvious that everyone that was there tonight was a fan since the very beginning. During the course of the play, everyone was gasping, cheering, and laughing together. It created a sense of community that proves that Harry Potter fandom is here to stay. Absolutely. Um, you know, and then it talks about the theater. The theater um, in London has a very large capacity with four main levels. It's almost um, like watching an opera. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, six. This guy in particular was sixty feet away from the stage, so he was pretty um, close. Yeah, close. And the view was heavily restricted. I highly suggest that if you are still planning on purchasing tickets, you spend an extra few pounds pounds on um, the stalls, dress circle, and grand circle. So I don't know what that really means. Yeah, there was something about that. Um, see, the so sets were good. They, yeah, the sets. They actually had a, like a moving staircases, and they had a rotating stage, which, like a rotating stage, gives them they can quicker change between scenes instead of having to darken it up and pull the shit out. Like right, it's a much quicker way of changing. The Smart scene. for her. They probably put a lot of money into oh, this. Guarantee dude. It. I, she probably made a lot of money off of it. See, and then and then they they can they can switch the stage to something new, and then the people behind can yeah. switch it out again and. That's it's more cool. It's for a more fluid movement. I can't even imagine how much, um, how much uh, hello preparation went into this.
So the costumes in general, the costumes designed by Katrina Lindsay and are uh, what one would expect. They are clothes that look like they belong to the Wizarding World. And uh, He said he wouldn't go into depth about the costumes to avoid major spoilers, but he will say that there are robes and a lot of black. So that's expected. Um, he said the music was composed by Emojin Heap. Um, the music was uh, one of the best parts of the show, unlike Harry Potter fi- the Harry Potter film series, um, where the music has gone or has a more serious tone. The music of the Cursed Child was whimsical and fun. Um, throughout the play, the upbeat music brought a comedic edge to the more serious scenes. Um, so the magic, it said, did not disappoint. Somehow they were able to take the magic and used or magic we are used to seeing in the movies and successfully bring it to the stage, the audience members were on the edge of their seats throughout the play, waiting for special effects that would happen next. Um, the cast. Uh, Cursed Child proves that you don't need a large cast of well-known names um, you know, to an amazing play. You just need a very passionate and talented actors. Uh, the Golden Trio, made up of Jamie Parker, Paul Thornley, and... Um, Noma Dumazweni uh, bring to life the same characters we know and love while at the same time giving their own personalities um, they were so, there were also some standout performers from the younger cast members So, um, and then they didn't talk about the story due to the hashtag keep the secrets um, you know, they, didn't, they didn't divulge any information about the story so I guess we're uh, which is good because the book comes out in like a month and we don't want to know anything about it. We want to read it for ourselves. So that's that's pretty cool. So now uh, I'm gonna move into um, I'm gonna move into some uh, fan thoughts. Um, they give their initial thoughts. They're they're not spoilery. Um, they're still keeping with the hashtag keep the secrets thing. But this is just what you know. People like you and I and Lane um, who saw the show are gonna are gonna think about it. So. Um, a student from Singapore who went and saw it, um, Ram Suresh, said, I can't wait for the next one. I'm hoping it's the first of many more. Um, while Katie Bitter, who traveled to London from Washington, D.C., said, I was a little worried I wouldn't it wouldn't meet high expectations, but t- tonight was absolutely amazing. It didn't feel like a preview at all. Natalie from Ohio was particularly fond of one character. Um... She said, I really like the chamber or the character of Scorpius Malfoy and Harry or seeing Harry and Ron and Hermione all grown up. I think they did magic on stage and went really well. Meanwhile, another fan, Julia from Milan, who also reacted positively, saying it was really cool. I wish they would do all seven books in the theater. So that's interesting. Um, wanting to see the entire Harry Potter. Um, that, I don't know what you want to call it. The, the entire series in theater. Um, so then we got some tweets from people. Um, this guy, Chris Dealey, at that Chris 1209 said, so at, or so, hashtag Curse Child, part one was, er, wow, er, wow, so. And then he gave a pick. Not sure what the pick is, but, and then he said again, he tweeted right after. Um, same guy, that Chris 1209. Um, no spoilers, obviously, but wow, brilliantly staged, so well acted, actually really really good when I worried about it when I worried it wouldn't be I'm going at five four I mean oh okay Brittany wants to close alright well that was just uh, that That was all part one then there's there's a, you know a couple people obviously part two came out and there was a lot more involved um, 
with what was happening. I guess there's not really any. I was looking for more fan tweets right, that I had right. read. Pretty much good news, right? Good stuff. It's all good. Yeah, everybody said that part one was great, and then they came in for part two, and they said that they were completely blown away by the ending, and that it was absolutely insane, and that they wanted more, 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 more. Right. And, um, you know, I know absolutely nothing about the storyline. I know it is out there, and I was I don't want to know. I want to be No, completely. that's what I'm saying. We only have a month before we're going to know what goes on. We need to start making our one suit. Yeah, yeah, we're going to be making ones. Uh, th- this could be a perfect to time to plug the fact that we're doing that, if you want to talk about that for a minute while I get... Um, yeah, I mean, we mentioned before, and we have a live video out there. We are... I know we've talked about it before, but we are doing a live podcasting, kind of like we did with Star Wars, of the Cursed Child release in our mall in Dubois. She, you know, we're making flyers, you know, and she, she's all about it. She has flyers up in her store. She's very supportive of us, so... Uh, we're going to go in there and have a table. And uh, me and DJ decided a little bit ago to make wands because DJ made me a wand for Christmas and it's the shit. Right. So I said, how about we make some fucking wands and raffle them off? He goes, fuck yeah, it's a great idea. And then, so we're going to make like just stand- some standard wands, like 20 standard wands, and we're going to raffle, sell raffle tickets, and people are going to win them throughout the night. And we're going to make one elder wand as best we can. We're going to make an elder wand, you know, the one that Dumbledore uses. And. We're going to raffle it off for a little bit more. Right. It's going to be the main prize of the day. It's going to have a box and everything. So if you're listening to Dubois and you like Harry Potter, come to this thing. It's going to be well worth it. Yeah, it's taking place from 7 o'clock till midnight, and then books will go on sale at 12.01 Hell yeah. a.m. You can go there right now and yes. Okay. You can go there right now and and um, pre-order your book for no money down. You can pay for the whole thing if you want to. How much does it cost? I didn't say. It's going to be like 30, 40 bucks. Probably. But usually when Bradley's get something like that, they immediately have it on sale for a percentage off. Right. So I don't know if they're going to be allowed to do that now. I know FYE is also getting the book, but they're not going to have a midnight release for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, there will be two places in the Dubois Mall, and I, Walmart will probably have it too. Um, but it's taking place from 7 o'clock to midnight, and much like the Harry Potter party that took place in yeah. February, there's going to be butterbeer, there's going to be butter butterbeer cupcakes, there's going to, all these different places are going to be. a lot of the stores are going to be involved. A lot of the like stores are going to be taking taking place. GameStop's going to be involved. They're going to have activities. the movies playing. There's going to be games, trivia. We're going to be, if, if 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 we can, maybe we'll take over the trivia. Maybe we'll be, not only will we, we be live there over Facebook and everything like that, but maybe we'll have these microphones on and maybe I'll have two other microphones that are coming out of an amplifier that we can talk to the whole, the whole crowd yeah. as a whole, like. Um, and, and maybe do some live trivia. And I think we got to get with this woman and get a real detail on what we can do, what we're going to do. Absolutely. She when, when I talked to her about the flyers, she gave me. I'll, I'll talk to you about it after. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, so we're going to talk briefly. Exciting for Harry Potter. I'm fucking. Oh excited. yeah, I can't wait. This is such a great time to be a Harry Potter fan. And then not only that, right after we finish the Cursed Child, literally just a month or two down the road, maybe two, three months down the road, we get Fantastic, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And. Like in, like in our ad, Fantastic Piece, and where to find them? <laughs> where to find them? <laughs> I don't think he understood, but that's fine. Who, me? No, that guy. That guy that I had do our, our ad. Oh, yeah. It's a weird ad. It's good, though. It works. It worked. It got a point across. It's got but... great direction. All right. Well, I think we're going to get... We're not done with our news. We're going to get right into... TMNT 2. We're going to talk about it real quick. Yeah. We don't have a lot to talk about. I mean, it was a movie. It was a good movie. And, but there's just not a lot to talk about about it. Yeah, you know, it's, it's uh, 
We talked. We promised you guys last week that we talk about TMNT two. It's and it, I mean, my first impressions was it was good. Like I enjoyed the whole movie. Like, yeah, we laughed. We laughed a lot. It was a little bit anticlimactic. Like it wasn't extremely like, you know, it is kind of you know, it, it wasn't like super crazy ending. It was it was a good ending, but it wasn't like a super crazy like. Yeah, the, the, I think both of them, both the first one and this one, were structured very similarly. Yeah, yeah, it was, and these movies are, are very cliche movies too. Like it's very. Yeah, oh, it, there's three things spread across the earth, and you it, got them all. And we got to stop him. That's another point I wanted to bring up. I talked about this. I think it was last week, where I I bitched wholeheartedly about uh, TMNT, the first one, and how it had, you know, plot holes, and how it had a very, very, very similar plotline from the first Amazing Spider-Man movie, and this one had a pretty goddamn similar plotline to the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> God damn, God bless you. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it, it had a very similar plotline to the Avengers and Loki bringing the, you know, opening the portal and having things come out. In this case, instead of it being the Jotori that came out, it was the fucking Techno drone that came out in a million fucking goddamn yeah, pieces. Yeah, just one ship, yeah. And was building it. But the, 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 the real thing is that it did not feel like the stakes were all that high. I mean, the city would have came to an end. Yes, but not that many people seem to be freaking out about it. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they were freaking out. They were like, oh, no. It's going to... happening? What's happening? But, like, like in the Avengers, it really felt like... Fuck. There was like, also aliens coming down and killing people. Right. I mean, this this spaceship was coming out, and it, it was hitting buildings, and destroying... I'm sure people died. Yeah, but, it, I mean, it's a kid's movie. It's made by Nickelodeon, and, and we went to they see... They said it be- shit. I, they I did. Somebody they did. told me that uh, his friend was pissed off because one of the turtles said a curse word. Yeah. He's like, they're teenagers. I'm like, they're adolescents. <laughs> I mean, mm. even Stephen Amell says bitch or shit. Yeah, when or I was something. a teenager, I said shit. Yeah. I mean, and and even Splinter says they're growing into being men. How? Yeah. Who knows how old they are? You know what I mean? Like, but it, all, gonna, all in all, they're going to be saying shit, fucking getting turtle pussy before you know it. So right. Bebop and Rock said he were really really cool. Oh my god! Yeah, the, the the special effects in this movie were fucking amazing. Oh yeah, the, the turtles, turtles look real. They looked really good when they stepped up outside of the sewer mm-hmm. into the city. I was like, wow! Like, like it looks like they're right there. Like when Raphael gets out of the, you know, there's a scene when Raphael comes up out of the water, and I was like, damn! Yeah, like water dripping off of him. Yeah, the water, and he comes face to face with an actual tortoise. They have a new Ninja Turtles game coming out on Xbox. Oh yeah, it I heard about this. Cool. Like, yeah, it's, it's more like it's more like the setup like Deadpool was. I think the Deadpool game. It's not. I don't know. I don't know. I would love to see like a Ninja Turtle version of like Batman, right. Dark Knight. You know those video fucking. Uh, it's so it's yeah. Ar- it's hard Arkham to city and all that shit. Like hard, but, Batman, those games are so well done that I know, any but, game, any any character any like in that, that yeah. in that. Uh, I still think a Green Arrow one would be awesome. But anyway, we're not talking. We're talking about Ninja Turtles, but uh, the first one to me was so was pretty boring that I. I don't, you know, I just ended up looking at my phone. Like, I was watching it by myself, and I ended up just looking at my phone and bullshitting. Like, I, it just, it wasn't all that exciting to me. Like, that last fight with Shredder was fucking awesome. You know, right. But... See, I thought I thought Shredder was way overpowered. Oh, he was crazy. Like, I don't know. Shredder has awesome stuff. See, he... and what was up with Shredder being masked in this movie for five minutes? I don't know. Shredder wasn't the villain, the main villain. So I yeah, I guess it was just the what, going into it. I remember talking to Lane. I said, as long as this movie isn't the Megan Fox show, I will like it. And, and it was not the Megan Fox show. Mm-hmm. So I, 
I, I liked it. Now, I guess they took their little, maybe, maybe they filmed a lot of Megan Fox's scenes because uh, she wanted them to, but then when they cut it, there she's like, fuck. <laughs> she like watched it after. She goes, this is bullshit. Well, and we were really excited to see Stephen Amell in it. Oh, yeah. and he was, he was. I think he did great. He, yeah, he was fantastic. He was, it was just so odd seeing yeah. him go from Arrow to weird little Casey Jones. Like, see, but I like the Casey Jones from the original Ninja Turtles movies. I think that guy did a perfect job with Casey Jones. Like, yeah, you mean the, the ones from the nineties? Yeah, yeah. But you know, this movie, we we sat in the theaters, the shittiest theater I've ever been in my life. <laughs> But it was still good. We could hear Angry Birds next to us. Yeah, whatever it was. Angry Birds, Warcraft, whatever the hell was playing next to us. Like, I don't know. Dude, voice sucks, asshole. But, yeah. I quote. <laughs> um, But, I mean, you know, we, we got an introduced to Rocksteady and Bebop, which are very, very popular. And they looked fucking good, too. Yeah, they looked really good. The only thing I didn't like was that um, I thought, I thought like, Bebop, he was perfect. There wasn't a single thing about him that I would have changed. Right. His voice was perfect. His attitude was perfect. That's the right. The pig. The pig. I always get him. Rocksteady, he was perfect, but he had a Scottish accent because it was Seamus, and that really bothered me. Seamus. Seamus the wrestler. Oh, oh, I didn't know. Who, I never knew who that. Yeah, was. it was Seamus, the wrestler from WWE, and he had a Scottish accent, and it came through still as Rocksteady, and Rocksteady doesn't sound like that. And it really bugged me. Yeah, but... But other than that, he was perfect. Yeah. His attitude was perfect. Everything about They're him was perfect. They're both idiots. Like, they played such good idiots. And and Bebop... Bebop was a freaking black guy from... Nothing in the middle. middle. Yeah. Which is interesting. I didn't notice that until we were in the theater. I was like, that's fucking that guy. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, he was absolutely perfect. I yeah. loved... It. Like, it, the movie was great. Dude, it was funny. Like, that scene with Will Arnett when he was fucking taking the goddamn camera out of the wall... Yeah, and, and, it ended up and it ended up coming back. right back around with the fucking. <laughs> there were plenty of times I laughed out loud to this movie, like it was hysterical. Like, like hey, there's that... a giant rat over there. Yeah, dude, and then Stephen Amell was like, everybody, can... hey, what? There's a fucking giant rat over there. Like, oh yeah, he comes around here pretty often. Uh, we, we we always have trouble with this guy. <laughs> so what you got to do? <laughs> you get real low, and then you just gotta run at him and charge, and then and Stephen Amell does it, and then he just gets whooped up by fucking Splinter. Yeah. It's so it's funny, funny as I fuck. Laughed. DJ went to the bathroom during the scene, and I was I was laughing my ass off. I was like, "Dude, he's just the funniest goddamn thing." <laughs> yeah. When he was explaining to the cops, he's like, "He's like these ninja just started coming onto the onto the plow, and then this fucking garbage truck came and started shooting fucking manhole covers." And then I was like, "Now that you hear it, it's a I have to say, Laura, Laura Linney, she was the she was the blonde. The policeman, the police officer, yeah. the the agent there, Laura Linney. She was from she's from the Big C. Okay. Oh, she the one that had the cancer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She, I, I love she her. I she is such a great actress. Like, yeah, she did a good part in that. And and that, that that's one thing I have to say about this movie. The acting was not bad. No. Um, that wasn't cheesy. It wasn't anything. No, I mean it, the comedy is there. It is a fun movie. Oh, absolutely. For sure. If you have you know any child that it, that is capable of memory, and you know from age four through. Yeah. 13 or 14 like if you can handle your kid hearing the word shit a couple times and right you know what I mean it's no matter which way you look at it at least it's not fucking Deadpool like you yeah. take your kid to see it they're gonna enjoy it it was great absolutely. I I grew up on Ninja Turtles oh, and I, I absolutely loved that movie yeah. I, I mean I, I thought the first one was good it had the humor my favorite scene from that is whenever they first meet April O'Neil and she's like what are what are you guys and they all like say it and um you hear, you hear Johnny Knoxville. He's like, we're ninjas. He's like, and we're mutants. 
There's more teenagers. Yeah. And she goes, you're turtle mutant teenager ninjas. <laughs> Donatello's like, when you put it like that, it sounds ridiculous. Like, <laughs> I'm glad also that Leonardo was not Johnny Knoxville. Oh, thank God. I love Johnny Knoxville, but just it's his voice, and he didn't change his voice whatsoever. So it was just, it was, I don't know who did it now. We're ninjas. Somebody I don't know, but. It was. It's the guy, for some damn reason, it's the same guy who played Leonardo in the first one. Oh, yeah. But for whatever reason. Perfect. Yeah, for whatever reason, they they put Johnny Knoxville in there. Maybe the guy was sick. Maybe he, that guy owed Johnny Knoxville something. Yeah, I don't know. But the they, let, they just let him do it this time, and it was absolutely perfect. Oh, yeah. Everybody else has their own voices. Right. I don't know. I don't know. So, I don't know. We'll never know. But, but, I mean, all right, let's, let, let, we'll end it with a rating. And Krang was awesome, too. Oh, yeah. Brad Garrett played Krang. What an interesting uh, guy to choose right. for that role. Krang, he looked a little different. I mean, he was more, he was cinem- cinematized, is how I like to say it. Like, yeah. They take things from the comic books or the cartoons and make it look way more crazy and dark and intense on the show. Like, Yeah, he was pretty gruesome. But it was cool looking. Was disgusting. Like, you know, it was cool. Like, he looked more robotic, you know? Yeah. In, in the cartoons, he looks like a big person with a brain in the stomach. In the movie, he looked. You yeah, he has like he has like some him. metal on his yeah. chest and like. But he, you know, you might have thought he was a person, right? That just had a brain thing on him. But in this movie, he was very clearly a robot. Like, right. But it was cool. Like the special effect, that brain looked awesome. He's like a little piece of. Ch-. It's like all right, bubblelicious. Like I remember. Yeah. Was, it was funny. Yeah, and the I mean Brad Garrett, what a surprising surprising role, for him. But anyway. I think I think it'd be safe to end it with a uh, rating out of yeah. ten or five. Okay. Whatever. Go ahead. Uh, I think I'd give it like a seven and a half. I got close. I'd give it like for what it was, like not comparing it to any other superhero movies, but it was an eight for me. Like just Okay. I I wasn't disappointed in the movie at all. Like there was not one thing well just anticlimactic. The first the first movie's definitely like a four for yeah, me. I so this is yeah, I, I was so bored. I I was I was so bored by the first one. I was looking at my phone, and I was my attention was on that. That was the fast ass two hours for us, dude. Like that movie was so good. Yeah, two hours quick. flew by. Like the only thing that sucks is that we did read online that there was an after credit scene, and we waited the whole time for it, it and more. nothing was there. So I don't know. Off the check, you know, I didn't check the other day whenever I went back to watch that scene. Mm. Like I found somebody, you know, it was streaming online somewhere, and I should I should have fast forwarded to the end of the credits to see well, if the scene was on our theater. They didn't show us no scene, but all in all, we give it a two thumbs up. Yes. Go see it. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, so right now, we're going to move straight into this episode. I've named this episode Comic Book Movie Versus. Um, Flashpoint versus DC's Flashpoint Parad- or Justice League Flashpoint Paradox. Same story. A lot of differences. We thought right. A lot of similarities too. Like you know, like it's Ta- most of the similarities, yeah. but there are a lot of differences. Like, in they did a good job at making it close. Like you know, like it, there, there's just a couple things that are different that don't make a whole lot of sense. But for the most part, it was two very disappointing things that I think of with Superman. But we'll get to that. <laughs> so to start it out, I thought I'm going to read the back of this. I just was looking at this as I was holding it up. Now this is the Flashpoint. Yeah, flat, graphic just... novel. There was five issues. I think so. This five gra- five this or seven com- issues. Compromises of anywhere from five to seven issues, but this is all in one graphic novel. And as you said before, we told you before, we're gonna, this, while we're on our break of shows, we're going to start, we're going to watch some movies, read some graphic novels, and do episodes about it. So right. today's Flashpoint, and he's going to read you the back of the book, and then we'll get started. Okay. Now, this is pretty similar to the movie as well. It says, Barry Allen is a hero. He protects the innocent and battles evil as the Flash, the world's fastest man. But this is not the world he knew. The world where Wonder Woman and Aquaman have plunged millions into darkness of war. 
where no human has ever wielded the Green Lantern's light, where Batman has a, as much blood on his hands as his enemies do, where no one has ever heard of Superman, where the fastest man alive is just another man. Powerless and alone, Barry Allen remembers his reality as it once was. Now he must convince its strange, dangerous heroes, warped visions of the men and women he once fought alongside, to rally his cause and set the world to right. Yeah, set the world to rights. It will take time, but this time, but time is the one thing he doesn't have because whether he succeeds or fails, the world will never be the same. Yeah. This is written by Jeff Johns. Andy Kubert, um, and artwork, oh, and Sandra Hope. I don't know who did what. This is the cover of the graphic novel. That is some good-ass artwork right there. I love that fucking picture. Yeah, I'm going to have you present different pieces of art from this as we do it because this has some of the best artwork in any comic book I've ever read. Mm -hmm. And then I also have here, we're going to draw some comparisons to this, which just came out. DC's Which, Rebirth number one. And when we read that, it had did a lot of talking about Flashpoint. Yeah, there are a couple things that I mean in this in this DC DC Universe Rebirth, they mentioned Crisis, they mentioned Flashpoint, they mentioned even other stories that I might not have heard, read. You know, so it it was an awesome issue. Yeah, so, so a lot of things that Flashpoint that happens in this Flashpoint book take place in this book too, and have similar right. repercussions. And that's where the story is going after this. But we're doing this special because of the season finale for season yeah, two our, of The Flash. Our predictions are that the next part of The Flash is going to be revolved, resolved around Flashpoint. If you are watching The Flash and you don't know anything about Flashpoint and you don't want to know what's going to come up, or you don't, you know, uh, then the, you'll can, you know, a little bit of spoilers. But, you know, if, if you want, you know, it, if you do like The Flash, the show, read, you know, read this, watch it, and... It'll you know you can, it'll give you you can look, read it and be like holy shit that happened or like I can't believe they're actually bringing that to life. Well, the graphic novel and the the movie show they start off pretty much exactly the same. It has a young Barry Allen stranded on the side of the road of the road with his mother, and it's it's dark and rainy in the book but it's sunny in, in the movie, which is a stupid, you know different little thing. And uh, you know Barry is. Trying to, you know, they're broke down. And he's like, I don't know why people aren't helping. And his mom's like, Well, you can't change, you know, you can't change everything. And so you just gotta, and you have to be able to accept that. You know, wise words, wise words from his mother. Alan, Nora, Alan. And then it goes into just, you know, uh, Barry Allen's giving a speech about, you know, I'm the Flash. This is the stuff, you know, a little bit of backstory. Now, in the in the movie. We see he is fighting against Captain Cold, Captain Boomerang, uh, you know, Mirror Man. He is some top guy. I'm not 100% sure who this guy is, but he's some top. He controls tops. And then there was Heat Wave. But that doesn't happen in the book. In the book, he just kind of talks about Superman and Green Lantern and all them. Well, in the movie, you know, they're fighting these guys and reverse Flash shows up. And. He puts bombs on everybody, and he's telling Barry Allen, he's like, well, you can't, you know, and then he, like, sticks, he gets stuck to the wall with some super sticky glue that will never actually liquefy, so he can't, he can't phase through it, I guess is what they're saying. Right. And, you know, he puts a bomb on everybody, and then that's when Green Lantern shows up, you know, Batman, Cyborg, Captain Atom, you know, everybody pretty much shows up. And 
that take care of the bombs. Everybody takes a, each guy a different way, and they all destroy the bombs in a certain way. You tell them where they're at. They're in the Flash Museum? Yeah. No, I didn't tell them that. Part. Okay. But they're in a Flash Museum because Reverse Flash wants to destroy his legacy on, as well as... You know, they, you know, you're the he, he he sees it as an ego boost to the Flash, and he just hates the Flash. So, as I said, none of this happened in the book, but it was a cool addition. Like I was fine with it. You know, it's not like it's right. But you know, Superman grips the bomb in his hand and blows it up in his hand, which is badass. And Batman and Green Lantern are out in space, and he disarms it. And Cyborg disarms it with his thing. And Aquaman controls like all these little freaking micro microbe things to freaking eat away the wires. Wonder Woman freezes it with Captain Cold's gun and throws it away. Right. I mean, they were just cool. Like, I love... Superman grabbed... He just grabbed it around his belt and cupped it in his hand. It was fucking pat. <laughs> and the explosion... Then you find out not too long after that the explosion was rather large. Like... Yeah, he just, he just goes... Poof. That just proves how boss he is. Like, these explosions were going to destroy us, the city, potentially. Like, right. Um, so... Oh, let me think here. Yeah, so everybody everybody goes, uh, you know, on this, they all go out and they deactivate the bombs. That's what you were just talking yeah, about. Yeah, and then after that, right after that is where this begins. Well, yeah, and then, and then Barry, Barry, you know, he basically, you tell him how he, like, shakes it. He shakes the sticky stuff and reverse flashes. Like, there's no way you're ever going to be able to get, you know, get it back to li- full full liquid form. And he's like, I'm not planning on it. And then he, like, throws it and sticks the reverse flash to the wall and he's got the bomb on him. Yeah, yeah. And then he, like, shakes his hand again yeah, later, later on. and He does, like, an energy blast. It was cool. Yeah, he, like, fucking cups up some air and just, like, throws it. It was awesome. Yeah, it was It was pretty interesting. So, like I said, that doesn't happen in the novel. But, you know, they got to add some cinematic things in the movies, you know what I mean? Like, right. A lot of the things about reading comic books is using your imagination to fill in in between parts, you know, like... Uh, like the fight in the movie was more elongated than it was in the comic book, but it's because you know it's not going to show you every single punch in the comic. It's right. like too impossible to do that. Well, he does that, and then uh, everybody gets arrested or whatever, and then Barry Allen just starts running off in there, and then he wakes up in his lab. And this this part in the movie and the comic book are pretty much verbatim. So you can go ahead and right. So Barry Allen wakes up in his lab with his um, uh, in the in the in the movie his name is James uh, we're I'm assuming maybe James Forrest but in the book he just calls him Forrest um, tells him to wake up in that there you know there's something going on outside the uh, Citizen Cold Museum in the movie it was the that I don't know no in the movie it was uh, the elongated kid. Something about the elongated kid being on the loose. And he was like the elongated guy, and he goes, "Don't you mean no?" He's, and then Barry Allen's like, "Don't you mean the elongated guy or man or something?" Yeah. Elongated man. He goes, "Elongated kid." What yeah, yeah, about? it's weird. Um, they talk about Citizen Cold, the city's greatest hero in the comics, and he That's goes, funny. "What do you mean hero?" And he says, uh, um, "Something about the rogue." You mean you mean Captain Cold of the Rogues? He's like, "Who the hell are the Rogues?" And they did mention the Rogues in the movie too. Yeah, but, yeah, they talk about that. So Barry's like, "We got to, you know, we got to get going on this," and he runs out. He's like no one, no match for no one's any match for the fastest man alive. And then he, he runs out and he doesn't have. He realizes he doesn't have his ring on his hand. He has a ring with his suit inside it. And uh, he falls down the stairs and is greeted by none other than his mother, who is alive. Surprise to him. Yeah, big big surprise. Now this scene plays out now in the in the comic. It happens right at the bottom of uh, outside. In the movie, it happened outside, and here it just happened inside. Yeah, it happens right outside the police station, and this, it happens right in the main lobby of the police station. 
Um, so it's pretty much verbatim as well as far as dialogue goes. Yeah, he just she just basically is like, oh, you know, it's my birthday. You always take me out on my birthday, and he's completely dumbfounded that she's here. And you know, because as we know in the Flash, in, you know, in the regular universe, he she's dead. You know, somebody killed her. And he, but well, you know, we'll get more into that. And so she's talking to him, and he's just stunned. And he just gives her a big ass hug, and she's just so surprised. And it's like. Because like, he's acting like he hasn't seen her in three, 30 years, and right. you know, to her, she he saw her yesterday. And he's like, it's you know, it's time, you know. And she's like, let's you know, let's take me out to dinner. You know what I mean? There's nothing that the my birthday is not something the apocalypse is going to stop right now. So they you know they plan on going out to dinner, and Barry's completely blown away by what's going on, and doesn't can't make sense like, of the world. War? Like there's a war. Like you know, like, the war is very known to the to the world. Right. right. Yeah, he has no idea, and he says. He says, Mom, this might be hard for you to hear, but I'm the Flash. And she's like, who? Who's, the, you know, who's Flash? the Flash? Who are you talking about? He goes, you know, the Flash, the fastest man alive. And, you know, in the comic book, he says, you know, a member of the Justice League. And she says, what's the Justice League? And um, he's and he's like, well, what about Superman? And, and she's like, who's Superman? You know what I mean? But then... Uh, and in the book, he's like, uh, in Batman, she goes, of course I know Batman. Yeah. But in the movie, I think she's like... I think she says something like, he's like, oh, I'm a superhero, the fastest man alive. She's like, you mean like Batman? Yeah. Doesn't she say that in the movie? I think so. I think I got up to go pee or something during that. Um, and then it goes into a scene, the Batman scene. Oh, I'm having a hard time remembering exactly how the scene went. Because I know some of the scenes are backwards a little bit. Yeah, they are They are a little backwards, but Batman, um, that's the introduction to Batman. She says, you mean like Batman? And then it swings in and Batman's fighting a girl named Yo-Yo, who's... She resembles Harley Quinn quite a bit. Yeah. In the Well, in the in the movie, she resembles Harley Quinn a lot. Yeah, in, in the book, book she, she kind of doesn't. But in the movie, she she also has like Harley Quinn's voice. She calls them like bats and um, things like that. And she's and, also very... Uh, she has like these yo-yos that are like... She's pretty badass. Like, the fight in the comic book doesn't last at all. You know, he's just chasing her, tackles her down, that's it, but... In the movie, there was a pretty decent little fight between them. He, you know, she was kicking his ass a little bit. Yeah, she's got these like real powerful yo-yos, and she's like swinging them around like crazy. And... And, and this Batman is very noticeably different too. He has like these weird shoulder pad things that spikes. You can just his his, his eyes are red. Yeah, you, know, you can just tell this is a different Batman. You know, like at this point, you don't know what's going on, so you're just like, man, why is Batman in a different suit? Right, and in the in the in the movie, he like comes in like slinging guns. Like, yeah. it's uh, it's very abnormal. You you immediately know that. Something's, this, wrong. something's wrong with this Batman, mm-hmm. but I don't know if he's slinging guns around in the book. No, he's not. Not not so far. That was the first thing I noticed when I watched Flashpoint Paradox, that he, you know, he's like shooting up, shooting up Gotham, and I was like, this is <coughs> fucking weird. But he tackles her down. And he's pretty just pretty much what Batman's always after. Is like, where's the Joker? And she goes, I don't know. I, I, mean, I can't tell you. And, and then she just being a smartass and he says, Judge Dent, which. Which apparently he's not two facing this in right here, so right. he's been kidnapped. And, and she goes, well, and so where did the Joker take him? And she goes, he's probably dead already. He goes, and so are you. And then he just throws her off the building. Right. Like we we see again, this Batman has no qualms <laughs> with killing. And she's uh she's quickly uh intercepted by Cyborg. And this like this whole scene is pretty much verbatim too. Like yeah, this all happened exactly the same. He he you know he picks her up and then he says, you're always at the, you know you're always at the top of this uh. It's the top of Crime Alley, I believe. The edge of Crime Alley. Um, Don't you want to know how I found you? He goes, what, drones? You got fucking access to satellites and cameras? He goes, must be nice being in the government's back pocket. But I don't think... They didn't mention the government in here. Like, You know, they made it real clear that he was working for the president in the, mo- in the movie. Right. 
Right. They don't mention anything about that. Yeah, they said something in the movie about his pals at the Pentagon and things like that, but... So... Basically, Cyborg wants to recruit Batman and a bunch of rogues to help with the war... Right. Aquaman, Aquaman and Wonder Woman's war. But everybody's very sketchy about it, and a lot of them are saying, like, if Batman joins, we will as well. But this Batman isn't quite the Batman we're used to. Right, but he's still a master tactic- tactician. Right, um, is what they're is what they're saying. So, and I mean, you got people in the, in the comic book. You got um, some really awesome artwork right here. Yeah, absolutely. Show it to him. You know, you see a lot of the villains in here. You got Captain Cold and. The Shazam kids, which are five, six kids, yeah, that Shazam- make up Shazam instead of just Billy from the original. Then you got the uh, the the purple guy. I can't remember his name. That's, I don't remember his name, but it's the Green Lantern. That... Yeah, the one that gave Hal Jordan the ring. You got yeah. Blackout, Pied Piper, the Enchantress. Not fucking sure who that is. Can't remember his name. Sandman. Yep, Sandman. Outsider. Outsider. Citizen Cold. And Element. Element, Element Woman. Woman. This guy's mentioned. I can't remember his name. He, well, he's in another page. Um. And then, you know, they pretty much, you know, it's uh, him introducing, in the movie, it's a very short-lived, he goes, I don't want anything to do with this, and Batman takes off. Right. But in the book, you know, they do, a, a lot of stuff is out of order compared to the book. It doesn't change the story too much, but it's just, it's hard to remember exactly what went happened first, you know, even though we just watched it, I can't, I'm having a hard time. Right. Yeah, I know, it's, um, because the, the comic book was absolutely, ins- I, I loved it. It oh, was absolutely. so good. Um. I can't choose which one I like better. Now, the which one ends better, I can definitely choose, but um oh. but um interesting. I'll only interesting. be a minute, mom, and you know, this scene Barry Allen walks into the the news station to find Iris. Right. And it pretty much happened the same way in the books too, and he walks in, he goes, you know, the person didn't recognize him, normally wouldn't. He goes, Where's Iris West? I mean, where's Iris Allen? And she goes, well, Iris Allen? He goes, well, I mean, maybe Iris West. And he goes, she's right over there. And then she's kissing some other guy. In the movie, she has a children, a child and a husband. Yeah, and he's she's dating a blonde guy. Yeah, this guy is a fucking... Kind of like Eddie Thorne. That's what it reminded me of. Mm-hmm. They didn't call him out by name or anything, but it, sort of, it made me think of Eddie Thorne. From the the show. Mm-hmm. So he's taken aback, clearly, because you know, Iris is his wife in their universe. And there's some big differences to the comic book Barry Allen in this world. You know, Iris is, Iris is white... Um, she's got red hair, and Barry is. Go ahead, show him Barry Allen. He's a blonde. You know, I mean, he's got he's got some blonde hair. Bottom corner, there's Barry. You know, it's it's pretty interesting. I don't got a whole lot of time. Yeah, I know. Right. And then it goes back to them talking about the war and wanting to recruit Batman. There's a lot of dialogue between all the villains and characters are arguing. And Element Woman's awfully insane. She's not in the movie. She, right. She plays a big part in this book, actually. You know, she's pretty important. But right. she is not in the movie whatsoever. Um, didn't even mention her name. Yeah, it's weird. I don't. Maybe they just didn't... I don't feel like drawing her or something. Yeah. But uh, basically, uh, she is certifiably... Like, right. she's insane. Like, she belongs in Arkham Asylum is what Batman says. Right. So, you know, they, they have a big conversation about, you know, who's going to be part of the team, and they don't want to be part of the team because Batman's not there. And they're also and... arguing, like, oh, I don't want to be on the team with that guy because he's after me. Because, you know, these are all technical em- enemies, you know what I mean? And, right. But they need to, it's like, you know, the, an enemy of mine is an enemy of yours. You know, that makes us, you know, it makes us on the same side. Right. So, let's see. Um, 
There's a lot of dialogue. There's a guy called Blackout. Uh, yeah. You know, Cyborg is the same. There's a bunch of villain talk tomorrow. Like I said, the, the conversation in this book was far great. And this green guy, the Aben. guy, Aben, the guy, the Green Lantern that died and uh, ended up transferring his power to Hal Jordan, is alive in this universe. In the movie, this guy wasn't in the movie. He was locked up in a chamber somewhere later we talk about, but he's actually here in this one, so it's it's weird. And this guy has a meta vest. Yep. I he can sense things, but I don't know his name. I thought they mentioned it. I don't know. I don't think they do. Shade? Secret Seven? Oh, is that to that guy? Maybe. No. Oh, that's her. We need to put a boat in Chantress. Our associates remain unrevealed, but their voices need to be heard, if I may ask. I think Shade's their group. The Secret Seven Shade. Yeah. Well, I'm inclined to say yes, Rack. No, yes, yes. They all vote. They're all voting. People are saying no. People are saying yes. And as we said, Captain Marvel, who's called Captain Thunder in this one. Otherwise known as Shazam. Yeah. There are six kids instead of just one, which is, that's weird. It is really weird. They all, they all have, they all make up a part of Shazam and the one kid's got a tiger. Yeah, he's a big ass tiger. Oh, I can't remember his name. I fucking know. But he's not in the movie. The tiger is not in the movie. Yep, that's for sure. DJ was right. And in the book, they turn into Shazam or Captain Thunder, and then he's like, he apparently he he reveals that he has a qualm with Wonder Woman because Wonder Woman kicked his ass. Yeah, right. And he left scars on his face, you know, so he's pissed. Put an impression on me. So, which but, they didn't they didn't divulge uh, in the movie. He had the scars. And so this scene was literally ten seconds long in the movie, and then you know what I mean. Yeah. This would have been a fifteen minute scene in the. Yep. So he pretty Batman says no, I don't want part of your shit. And he goes, I got my own shit. And he goes, I ain't. This Batman is very negative compared to Bruce Wayne. Like, this is, you know, like... Oh, it's a whole different world for Batman. Like He's a very negative person. Um, so... Oh, it's funny because right here he says, Batman's like, I don't want to do it. It's suicide. But in the book, he goes, I don't want to be part of your suicide squad. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. That is pretty interesting. So we got... Is it... I wonder if it's the same guy. Is that Steve Trevor? No. Well, later? Yeah. Yeah, that's not for a while. Oh. Yeah, we're getting into, like, a, so now we get to Barry Allen. He's driving to see, to Gotham. You know, we see him in the traffic, and he's, you know, he assumes Batman's the only one that can help him. Batman is Batman, you know. So he's in, he's in traffic. It's funny seeing Barry Allen. Driving a car. In traffic. Like, he's just like, God damn it. Right. So it's revealed uh, that he's on his way to Wayne Manor. Um, he walks in. He knows, I mean... Everything is exactly the same, you know. There's the same trap door, and the same secret entrance. It's just, it's weird. It's, it's strange how things. things this whole scene's really rather similar too. He has his gun in this glass. Glass case. I believe case. this is the gun that killed Bruce. Oh, that's interesting. I feel because that's why he would. That's the only reason I could think he'd have it in there. Right. Yeah, because he beat that dude up. Beat that dude. To yeah, a so, he, so he would have. He would have taken his gun. Um. Yeah. So that the, this is the... right here when he says that. This is the uh, the re- the big reveal of the movie where you find out that Batman is actually Thomas Wayne, um, which is Bruce's father. Yeah, Barry Allen goes in his cave and he just proceeds to get his ass destroyed. Yeah, and you know he, Batman's all freaked out and he basically says, you know, I, I, how do you know Bruce? How do you know that name? And he says Bruce is dead. So it was revealed that Bruce di- died in Crime Alley um, by Joe Chill, and Thomas Wayne um, takes up the mantle as Batman. Here's some interesting art that's just part way through the book. That's so cool looking. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, 
When he says, you're Thomas Wayne, he's like in shock. He just can't believe it. And now they don't they don't go into this in the in the comic book at all, but that you know they they do show the uh, the scene where uh, Joe Chill murders Bruce Wayne, <coughs> and Thomas Wayne beats the piss out of Joe Chill, and um, and we see you don't even learn in the book in this book that his mother is the Joker, right? Like, in the movie, know we that. see it, um, which is crazy as shit. Dude. Like that scene is it makes you want to it just hurts like. Yeah, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna find a picture. I'm gonna post it right to our page, of uh, that you know they had that people post all the time. Like, oh, what if this was a potential storyline? When it totally is. This is the story. But I mean, I would have loved to have seen like a whole arc of Thomas Wayne Batman, yeah, comics to come out of this. That would have been really cool and have him face yeah. off against his wife. Interesting. Um, they fight, have makeup sex. He throws her in fucking jail, and then she gets out, and same thing. Um, and then we get to the next scene, which this scene was flip-flopped with another scene later, and I'll let you know when we get to that, but this is a scene with Deathstroke. They're in a little elderly Deathstroke. They're on a ship out in sea. We can see a couple guys in here. I'm not really familiar with this guy. He has like a mace on his hand, Morningstar type thing. Looks like Clayface is manning a gun, and he goes, what's Sonar C down there? I guess there's a superhero of some sort named Sonar. And in the movie, Lex Luthor was helping him, but in the book, it's this green guy with the yellow suit. I'm not really sure who it is. But there's no Lex in this book at all, but they they threw him in, in the movie for some reason. Maybe just for familiar, familiarity or whatever. And in the book, and in the movie, they have Captain Adam locked up, but Captain Adam isn't in this book at all. Like, yeah, like you have him locked up like it's some sort yeah, of, like he's using some sort of weapon. secret weapon. Yeah, yeah it's they're weird. Like, they're like... Because he has nuclear, or uh, what's the energy he has? Oh, he has, I don't care, I'm having, a, I'm having a brain fart. But apparently this guy here is able to sense things, so they're trying to use him to sense, you know, because they're in enemy territory, you know. It's so stupid of them to assume that they can go to sea and fight with fucking Aquaman. Like, right. You know, Superman would have a hard time fighting Aquaman in sea, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. So That's... what the hell makes them think they're going to do it? And his, yeah, home element, it's weird. So, you know, they're on a ship, and they're going into their territory, and they're, you know, they got, they came across, the, like, this, ru this destruction. Uh, you know, Aquaman pretty much brought the sea up to this one town, and the city is destroyed. In the movie, there's a huge battle on the ship. Yeah. Like a pretty cool battle. Like, a lot know, of, a lot of different, uh, crazy, like, military... Yeah. Alien, like Atlantean military. Yeah, it looks there's like. like certain metahumans that I haven't seen before that are fighting. He has these cool blue blades that look like they're energy. In the book, it's very simple. Aquaman jumps on the ship. He says, "Okay, you're pretty much toast," and that's it. Right. And he does kill. He does kill Deathstroke in this book, but doesn't really show it. Aquaman kills Deathstroke. Deathstroke. Uh. Deathstroke dies by manta ray in the movie. Right. He gets a fucking blast right through. Right his through chest. the chest. Yeah, it's brutal. Well, it con and it continues back into the Batcave, which this scene was pretty accurate. You know, it's just the whole this whole scene is pretty accurate. And he goes that night in Crime Alley, Bruce was killed. Wasn't he? and he's a guest. And he goes, "What are you doing?" And uh, Thomas Wayne proceeds to break Barry's hand. You know, because he's just confused. And you know, he's, somebody, nobody in the world knows that his lair's there, and this random dude is just in there. So you know, obviously he's a little pissed. And he's not. He's being pretty ruthless with him. He's kicking his fucking ass. Oh, hell yeah, he is. 
He's not. He's not a big fan of this at all. He's something <coughs> like how many? Did you say about how many fingers he had? What's the company? He goes. You have nine fingers left. Yeah. He's like, tell me who you are. So Barry has to convince him that, you know, he's, uh, you know, he is who he is, and he worked with his son and on his world that, Batman. You know, Bruce Wayne is Batman, and um, he's, and he's on the Flash, and he says, uh, "Let me prove it to you." And he's got his ring, and this is where we start seeing Barry Allen start having, because as as we know now, he's in a different universe. Something changed the timeline, so he's in a different world, They're right? Same, different, same universe, just different time, and he. His memories are mixing. He still has memories of his universe or his timeline, but the time the the, universe, the timeline that he's in now is starting to replace those memories. Right here, show him an image. Yeah, it's really cool. This is the new timeline versus the old timeline, which is an interesting, interesting thing. So you know, earlier on we noticed he his ring wasn't on his finger. He's like, shit, where's my ring? And then. Uh, and then as he's getting beat up he like drops the ring out of his coat and he's like oh shit he goes there it is he goes I'll show you I'm telling the truth about who I am and he as we know the Flash has a he like imbued his little his suit into his little, his little ring it has something to do with friction or right. like, speed force it, you know, it can contain the ring and then when it's released the suit just expands and he jumps right into it yeah they said something about it uh it's friction-proof material expands on contact with the air. That's awesome. It's all yeah. It gets so tiny, but then as soon as it hits air, it's just, it's crazy. Well, he releases his suit out of his ring, which you know you assume to see his regular suit, and we see what seems to be Reverse Flash's suit. Yeah, yellow suit. Yellow suit. Red lightning. It's crazy. He's and Batman says something like, "Not not what you were expecting." Yeah, and he goes, uh, he's like, this uniform belongs to Eobard's son. He goes, what kind of name is Eobard? <laughs> There's one from the future. <laughs> what an interesting thing to throw in there. Like, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I mean, I've always thought Eobard is a strange name, too, yeah, well, but. Uh, it's like, he's a scientist from the 25th century who's obsessed with the power I have. He turned himself into his own heir as fast as man alive by replicating the accident that transformed me into a living kinetic engine. He called himself Professor Zoom, the reverse flash. He goes, why would his uniform be in your ring? He goes, he's probably put it there. He wants me to know he's behind this. So at this point, Barry thinks that Reverse Flash is responsible for this change of time. Right. Which would be, which seems to be, it, it seems plausible. There's no reason why you wouldn't think that, you know. They never explain it, how his ring gets in, how the suit gets in the ring either. In the, in movie nor book. Like, they never, know, they never yeah, actually say they never do. I'm sure, maybe they do in the show or something. Maybe they talk about. What show? Like the Justice League show. Uh, yeah. Or something like that. But he said he's alive. Uh, he probably does something where he like sh- shakes it, right? And it gets it gets low until he became the Flash, and until I discovered my entire life. So pretty much, he's just explaining to Batman, which is Thomas Wayne, who exactly Reverse Flash is. He says he says you called me Bruce when you got here. He goes, that's because in my world, you guys died and Bruce survives. And he's like, can you change my world? Because Batman, you know, he's real keen on. He'd rather his son be alive and then dead. Yeah, like he can't believe that that's what's happening in yeah. Barry's world and and all this stuff. Like that's crazy. Now this is the scene that was flip flopped with the Deathstroke scene. Yes. This is a guy running away from Amazonians. Here you can. Yeah. Does he? Does she call him out as Steve Trevor? Or does he say that? That's who yeah, he, he is. Does it when he's in the, his, it doesn't mean the new 
seems it's just like the, it's the exact scene is just like from the book. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So uh, there, you know, there's a guy he's running through and he's running away from some Amazons. He gets caught, and um, we have no idea who this guy. He was wielding guns and stuff. Yeah. Like. Now in the movie, he's got like uh, gray hair, like white hair, and he resembled uh, Deathstroke a little bit. Like, yeah, like we that we watched this movie twice. Now we watched it like a year <laughs> ago. And we watched it again, and I'm pretty sure the first time we thought it was Deathstroke too. It looks like him. Like, it looks that gray haired goatee type. Like, yeah, and he's just running like. And, um, you know, he's shooting back behind him, and then he, he's captured by Wonder Woman, um, who then, you know, sticks the lasso of truth around him, and he's re he resisted at first. Um, How is that possible? She goes, it isn't. Yeah, it's, it's, she it's it not. Up. And then, yeah, she tightens it up, and she, you know, she holds it up above her, and says, who, you know, who are you, and what are you doing in Themyscira? New Themyscira, there you go, thank you. Um... And he says, my name is Colonel Steve Trevor of the United States Special Forces. I'm here to find Lois Lane. You know, and, and uh, Wonder Woman's like, who's Lois Lane? And he, you know, he tells her what she, that she's been there infiltrating and spying on them um, to, you know, to find their next move. And um, she interviews the world's greatest superhumans. And then he says something about her being the most beautiful woman he's ever seen and um, all that stuff like that. And she basically... Yeah, it says that in the comic book, too. Yeah, and... And she's basically like, oh, that's bullshit. And, and then they mention right here, they don't do this in the, mo in the movie, it never comes up, but she mentions that they have a counter-spy that was telling the truth. Oh, okay. Wonder Woman has a counter-spy, so at this point, somebody in the group that we had seen earlier with Cyborg is a counter-spy, but we don't know who it is quite yet. Interesting. But they're all villains, so it could be, you know, at, you know, as, as, as a reader, you're thinking, oh, damn, it could be literally any one of them. Right. So, uh... So, so he's like pretty much tell her insider that you can be that she's trustworthy, and she wants to find Lois Lane. And she goes, "What do you wish us to do with Tr Tr Trevor?" And it doesn't really. She just looks like. I mean, in the movie, she like just she like just flies up with her the rope around his neck and just like lets him hang there, and his neck just breaks and he just dies. It was fucking brutal. Like the movie is just so brutal. And then we go back to Wayne Manor again. This scene, this scene pretty much happened. This is a, I mean, this is all, this is pretty accurate too. You know what I mean? It, it there shouldn't be too many inaccuracies, seen as though it was an animated film, so it's not, it wasn't, it's not too hard for them to make it the same, you know? Right. So this scene was real close. Sorry for that. A small interruption. My phone was dying. So, we see them up on the, on top of the roof in a storm, and with a little electric chair looking type thing, and they have, he's starting to put chemicals in it, which. He's ultimately trying to recreate his flat, the Flash thing. Yeah, he said he's got to, he's got to get his speed back in order to get this world back doing it. And Batman calls, he's basically like calls him crazy. He said you belong in Arkham Asylum. Yeah, he goes. I can't believe you think this is gonna work. Like, but he's like, just trust me. And Batman's like, all right, man, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and he said they, they say the lightning doesn't strike the same place twice. And then they put him in his big electric chair and stick a lightning rod in the air, and um, you know, off he goes. And they're gonna try it. And you can't just fire. And that scene is exactly the same too. You know, he catches fire, the chemicals spill on him. So, it, and then Batman puts him out with his cape, which is exactly the way it happened. Yeah, he gets very badly burned, and then he just looks like third degree burn crazy. Yeah, it looks painful. Um, so then we got Cyborg. Now, this this scene took place very differently in the movie. Yeah. Wait. Oh no, it didn't. Oh, I guess that is the president. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess so. So. It did happen a lot differently. It was more stretched out in the movie than it was in this book. But, 
you know, it's just pretty much that I have to send in the true heroes. I just need a little more time with Mr. President Cyborg. So he goes, I can't give it to you. He says, but sir. And the president pretty much says, you tried your best. He goes, you know, you know, you can't, you can only do so much. Steve Trevor signal just went dead and they got to do something. Like, you know, it's, right. it's, it's getting past the point to where they just need to stay taking things into their own hands. And then an element woman is here. I guess she's, she's like kind of spying, spying on them. Yeah. So appreciate your efforts trying to rally your troops, but America can't wait any longer. The U.S. military won't stand a chance, in which we all very well know. See, and this makes her here. It might make you think that she is a traitor, the way she's spying on him and then shows up after. Now, in the movie, it was very clearly President Obama. Yeah, his voice, the looks. Oh yeah, it was funny. And now in this, it's it is an African American president. Um, it, it doesn't. They don't call him out ever. But in the movie, if you watch it, you'll be like, "That's Obama." You can right. tell. Um, so this pretty. And then back to the Wayne Manor in the cave. He's all bandaged up, and he is just freaking out. Like he's just burnt to shit. Like like electric. Like a thun, like a lightning strike victim would be. Right. I always said like he wakes up and he is not a happy camper. He's in very much pain, and Batman sedates him. And of course, the first thing he says is, "I just need a bigger bolt of lightning." And Batman's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous he's like are you out of your mind it's funny very very determined he's like and then he says lie down let the morphine effect take he goes no no we gotta do this again and he goes we can't you know he didn't go he knows he's gonna he didn't go through that just to lay there and be burnt the rest of his life yeah absolutely he's gotta become the Flash he goes I can't forget he says I cannot forget and Batman goes forget what he forget about our world yeah he's starting to He's starting to gain memories that he had in this timeline with his parents, and mm. um, they're realigning with this new history. Is pretty is the way he puts it. That would that would be weird. That would be a hard thing to experience. It would be crazy to experience that. That's what I think. Glitches in the Matrix are like. Yeah. Bernstein Bears. Bernstein. Bern, yeah. Bernstein. Um. So yeah, they go and they give it another shot. That you know they set the experiment back up. A very bandaged and burned Barry Allen sits back in the chair. I don't understand this either. He says you really are crazy, and he goes like a fox. Now get me back in. What does that mean? I have no idea. So they do it again. They retry it again, and badly burned Barry Allen. Badly burnt Barry Allen. <laughs> very badly burnt Barry. Badly. Cracoom! I love that. Cracoom! It's the sp- the sound effects or for the- lightning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, lightning strikes Barry. A big explosion happens. Barry Allen, you know, explodes into the air. Batman flies out, and um, Barry Allen has you know he's he's you know flying to the bottom of Wayne Manor, and Barry has to save him. So he runs down real fast, and leaving Batman to finally believe Barry for the first time, and says, I "Told you I was fast." And this is a really cool picture I'm going to show you guys. Hold on. Look at that. He's got flash symbols in his eyes. He's got his power back. That is him getting destroyed by lightning. Um, it's a really cool scene. You know, I just love I just love the artwork in this book. It's just crazy. It's so visually pleasing. Um, so he's, you know, he saves Batman. I told you I was fast. Um, then we're back into the. Uh, How'd you say this place? This Themi what? Themyscira. That's right. Um, so we're back in Themyscira. We're following Lois Lane, whose battery is dying. Um, she's trying to do some reports, and ooh.
said something. Mike Renner said, oh, no bomber. <laughs> Not my fault they put him in this movie, dude. I don't know. Anyway, so Lois Lane is back. Her battery is dying, and she is um, running from something. So the giant three-headed dog, I think. Ain't got shit on Fluffy. Um, she's greeted by... In the movie, she's saved by... She, or, all right, she's running from some Amazons. Um, and they're, you know, they're about to kill her, put her out of her misery, and she's saved by a speedster, like, running really slowly, but fast enough to not be seen completely. Um, and then she's greeted by the Resistance. Um, which I can't remember what that guy said his name was, that big guy. Um, anyway, she's greeted by Grifter, the Resistance, and, um... You know, there's a couple people on the team. Anyway, then it flashes back to um, uh, Batman and Barry, and you know he's basically like, "I've never seen anything like that." He's like, and he says, "My speed heightens everything, including my reparative functions, um, but it's go you know it's going to be a while so I can shift into high gear, you know, and break the the time barrier again." Um, you know, and he says, he goes, this doesn't, Batman still doesn't quite believe it. He says, this might prove that you're the fastest man alive, but it doesn't prove your story. And Barry's like, well, it has to count for something. So, um, he basically put, you know, he puts on the re reverse flashes suit and he, he, he's not a fan of the color. So he basically says, theoretically, I could, um, try to unweave it and break it down, break down the threads to, ne um, to near infinity and alter its colors. So he zips off and zips back in and comes back with a, Flashing new red suit. They don't explain in the movie at all. Well, in the movie, he uh, he, he just vi yeah, he just vibrates till it turns red. But either way, it's cool that he can do that. Breaks it down on a molecular level and changes its color. Um, so they get to work. They're you know they're trying to find everything they can to rally a team to take down Arthur and Diana, who are uh, Aquaman and Wonder Woman. So they're sitting at Batman's computer, and they Barry's complaining about how slow the computer is and all that stuff like that, and explaining to him what happened and how how all this went down. And um, Batman says something like, uh, "Sounds like you're holding yourself back, and that you haven't really tried." And Barry's like, "Well, it's very dangerous, Doctor Wayne." He says, "One seemingly small, meaningless event um, can topple over a row of dominoes." Like a rock thrown through a windshield, it leaves cracks throughout history. And Batman basically says the butterfly effect. And he says it's exactly what it is. Um, but he can't figure out why Thawne did this to him. Um, and that's you know that's what they're trying to do. So they go they go through various news stories and they talk about um, they talk about Hal Jordan and you know in the Green Lantern and they find out that he's not the Green Lantern on this planet. Um, and then they talk about Superman. <coughs> And how, you know, 30 years ago, a meteor attacked Metropolis, and they basically hid it away. Yeah. Um, and so then they go meet with Cyborg and want Cyborg to, you know, hack in and find out what, everything they can find about this Metropolis thing to try to go save Superman. Who... Yeah, this is Batman pretty much saying, you know, we can, I'm going to be in your group, but there's certain things that have to be followed. I want to make my team, starting with Flash. And we're gonna get like we're gonna we're go gonna get Superman yeah. and and all this stuff. Um, 
like we said, uh, Cyborg's got some government background. Some clearance. And... Uh, yeah, and he's got clearance that are able to do this, so he's going to hack into the government systems, and they're going to go find where they're holding Superman in Metropolis. So, I don't... So then, you know, they're sneaking it, and he has to pretty much hack the system. He goes, if you want me, you're going to have to do it. You know, like, th- the scene was pretty close to the books, too. And Right. Then we go off to them in the sewers, sneaking into the government building, and then, uh, which was pretty, also pretty accurate to the movie. And, you know, he starts, you know, Cyborg does his hacking things, He's and he's hacking computers, and they see, they didn't really mention it. We saw the skeleton of a dog, but they didn't mention it. And he goes, subject too, my god, he goes, it looks like a canine skeleton, which we believe to be Crypto, the super dog. Right, now in the movie, that there is a canine skeleton. There's like a bunch. But there's a ton of other things. Yeah, crazy. Like, they're all like alien creatures and stuff like that. Um, and in the movie, there was a lot more people they had to fight at this, right at first. Yeah. Like, there's this two guards in front of this door that has the Superman symbol on it. So... They go in, they pretty much open the door, they break in, and you see this skinny little scrawny man. Right. Doesn't resemble Superman at all. But and then Batman's like, this is the most powerful being on the planet? <laughs> yeah, he's like a real, real scrawny guy, and it says it looks like he's never, ever seen the sun. Yeah, so as we know, Superman re- gets his powers from the sun. Which, right. you know, he absorbs it, and then that's why he's, you know, that's who he is. But this this Superman has never seen sun, so he's just a regular scrawny it's just saying human. there, he's acting like he's never even seen a human. Yeah. Um, which we know is untrue. Obviously, he's got guards out there. Someone yeah, had to put him there. He to eat. Um, does Superman have to eat when he's not when he's not when he's not subject to the sun? I think he does. Yeah. The only reason he doesn't have to eat or breathe is because he survives off solar energy alone. But when he doesn't have, he hasn't ever got any solar energy in his blood. So he, I imagine, he would have to eat. Like, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, that's not. I have no proof of said thing, but it just, right. that's what makes sense. Like, so they basically they break you know they break uh, Clark Kent out of here, which he's not Clark Kent. They no, just, he wouldn't uh, be Clark Kent. Cal L. They break Cal L. Out of there, um, and you know they're running. You know they, obviously they're they're they get ambushed from a bunch of uh, guards. And it's weird that changing him that the way the changing the timeline of him not killing, of saving his mom is what caused Superman's ship to hit Metropolis instead of Smallville. Yeah, like what. Why, what would that have possibly done to change the course of his spaceship? I know. I don't understand it. I, th- th- that's that's precisely why I think that all that stuff is going to be different in, mm-hmm. you know, the CW universe. Yeah. I, you know, I still very much feel like that crossover is going to happen for the premieres. Um. So, like, like, like we said, we, they we, they break them out they and you know they fight their way out. In the they, movie, they don't fight at all. all yeah, the they, they just, just appear in the, the sewer. Um, they, you know, they're getting ready to come out of the sewer drain and into the real world. And the Superman's very skittish. So they're pretty much trying to convince him, like, you can come with us. We're your friends. Like he goes, you, you're with, you're with, you're among friends. And he's like, okay. He's like heroes. And they take him heroes. outside, and he's like, oh, beautiful. He just like looks straight into the sun, and he starts flying immediately. Yeah, he's never seen it before. And they don't mention this in the book, in the movie, but they can. They say General Lane wants subjects one alive. Yeah, you know Lois Lane has been keeping Clark Superman prisoner, which is interesting because they're yeah. married in their world. Well, General, is it Lois? No, Lois Lane is the one who's running. But yeah, it's probably him. his dad, her dad. I think they call her General Lane earlier. No, she's like running. She has no. She's like running on a battery. Yeah, but when he's talking, 
I'm here to find Lois Lane. Who is Lois Lane? Lois Lane is a Pulitzer Prize winning... Re oh, never mind. Okay, you're right. It's probably her yeah, father. General Lane, her father. Whatever. Like yeah, in, in Supergirl, General Lane is a big deal. Yeah. That's why I immediately assume, assumed that that was her dad. You're right. Um, oh. Either way, like... So pretty much... In that's the, the kind of mindset he has. They did, you know... In the book, he shoots one little laser beam at somebody, and it, you know these guys, you know, these guys are following him out of the sewer, trying to shoot them, and he hits him with a little heat vision, and he, and then he just flies right the fuck away. In the book, he does a little bit more, you know, he, uh, yeah, he incinerates I mean, he people. Does, yeah, he's incinerating people are getting turned to dust. It's awesome. Yeah, it's really brutal. Um, and yeah, he just flies away, and they're like, "There goes, <coughs> there goes your, the planet's biggest savior," according to you. Right. So now they have to fight. So what now they say? And then, well, that's just a... So, uh, yep. So the Shazam kids, there's how many of them? One, two, three, six. four, five, six kids. The they book, all make in up. The book, they fin in the movie, they finish all this. This all happens before they see this. Right. So, um, yeah, so all the Shazam kids are sitting there talking. It's nothing... They don't really say too too awful much. Just they're, discussing amongst themselves what needs to be done. Like, yeah, they're, and they're talking about like their you know their history as orphans and you know and, and stuff like that. And um, I'm gonna have to book it out here, quick. Right. Um. And then, then we get you know we get uh, images of Hal Jordan, who isn't the Green Lantern in this, but he's a pilot, and they he's gonna be dropping a bomb over toward where? On New Themyscira, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, which is the bomb is named the Green Arrow. They say it always hits its target, which right. is cool. See, in the in the movie though, they have that Green Lantern alien locked up in a chamber, and they have a spaceship. And in the movie, Hal Jordan is piloting the alien spaceship instead of this regular. So it's it's that's a weird. I don't know why and he flies it right into Atlantis. Like yeah, I don't understand that. Like I don't understand why they changed it that much. Yeah, that's pretty. Like, strange. That's quite. I mean, I can understand some, but that's quite a change that makes zero sense to me. Yeah, they don't really explain. No, I don't know. But whatever. I mean, it's still. Well, it's still the linear storyline. Oh, so. Oh, uh, let's see here. They all did they get they didn't fly away yet. So yeah, they all leave. They all decide that they're gonna go there. Um, they, or the no, the Flash starts having memories. Like he, you know, he's they starting start to have. Fighting. Yeah, like, well, now they're fighting all these guards, which they did while Superman was still there. They were fighting, but th this is that. Things are happening a tiny little bit differently right here. Right, then Element Woman shows up and Flash starts... Uh, Pretty much saves them. Yep. She shows up and saves them. Right toward the end of this, Flash but starts getting more memories. She did not memories. show up in the movie because she wasn't in the movie. Flash starts getting his memories back again, like from this timeline, and it's like putting them, you know, it's putting them down. It's taking a lot out of them. And they go and see the Shazam kids for some reason. Yeah. So they needed a place to go, so that's where they go. Um... And here they're, you know, they're they're all still talking about what they're gonna do and how they need to do it and and stuff like that. And um, and it's weird how in the book Batman just destroys the door. Yeah. He doesn't open the door. He doesn't like knock. He just kicks it in. <laughs> His foot comes through the wall. Yeah. The I don't understand that. Like, <laughs> I'm here. Ba this Batman's a d-bag, dude. He weird. doesn't he doesn't give a fuck. The world's ending. Yeah. We're fucking coming in. Oh, that's it. All right. Well, that was it for the live, I guess. We went a little long. I actually have to get going, so DJ's going to go ahead and finish the rest of this podcast by himself. And you have to go home first? No, I don't. Oh. But I, don't, I have 20 minutes, so I have to, I have to get to go home, go to work and get dressed. And... Yeah.
I'm not gonna have time to finish this. Well, I guess I'll finish up on my own, man. Next week, what are we talking about next week? Or we're we gonna do Doomsday? Next week, yes, we can. Um, I bought recently a from the FYE. We bought a book, the Death of Superman, and we're gonna watch Superman Doomsday. It's a little uh, DVD book, graphic novel combo pack, and we're gonna do a special about that, which is gonna be awesome. But yeah, I had a whole bunch of different things written down in here. Uh, Team NT2 Flashpoint, we're doing that right now. Uh, Rebirth, Watchmen, Death of Superman, Doomsday, Killing Joke, Batman Ultimate Edition, um, Superman, Batman, Green Lantern, Rebirth. Well, we can do them anytime. Right. We can combine all of that too. Yeah. Alright, Well, looks like I'm rocking the rest of this podcast Han style. Solo. Anywho, getting back into it, um, I'm not really sure where we left off, but they're they're all at the Shazam house. Batman breaks in. They, uh, you know, the Flash basically just kind of takes a chill pill for a while because he's uh, not, you know, he's dealing with uh, his memories coming in, and it's you know it's taking a lot out of him. So the uh, one of the Shazam kids remembers uh, that he could do something with magic, and you know find out what's going on, and he basically just brings the Flash back, you know, back back around to uh the normal way of thinking and you know they they make their plan to go um to go uh to the uh, Themyscira and take you know take on Wonder Woman and um Aquaman and they they rally up everybody that they can you know uh, they bring in every uh all the all the rogues from the very beginning that we talked about and they fly to um Themyscira to to take them all on so when they show up, Batman, or I'm sorry, not Batman, but they show up and uh, Aquaman and Wonder Woman are just going at it, fierce. You know, he's pissed because, you know, you killed my wife and, you know, she tried to assassinate me, Arthur. I was protecting myself. And he's like, well, you're wearing her helmet like a trophy. And she's like, no, it's a warning. And she, he's like, I can't believe I ever loved you. And she's like, you never really did. Now, in the movie, they go into a, uh, yeah, like quite a, quite a long sequence. It's like a flashback sequence where... Um, you know, Wonder or Aquaman is with Wonder Woman, and they're kissing, and his wife walks in on him, and then she goes to kill her and cuts off her head. It's brutal. It's a really brutal movie. Um, so, uh, so you got Batman, Flash, uh, Captain Thunder, um, Element Woman, Cyborg, and the Enchantress all show up to fuck shit up, and um, they're. Uh, you know, Shazam immediately, or I'm sorry, Captain Thunder in this in this timeline immediately takes after Wonder Woman and just starts beating the crap crap out of her. And um, that doesn't that happens. I think it happens in the in the movie. And um, you know, they basically go in and it's crazy. It's a crazy battle. You know, there's a lot there's a lot of differences in this battle in the movie versus the uh, comic. I'm not going to get too far into it, but. Um, ultimately, what what ends up happening is that Wonder Woman convinces Shazam to. Uh, or I'm sorry, um, uh, the Enchantress like puts a spell on Captain Thunder and says to Shazam, and they all turn back into kids. And Wonder Woman then murders. Um, I'm sorry, not Wonder Woman. Yeah, maybe it is Wonder Woman. Yeah, she she murders Billy, who's uh, one of the members of Shazam, and um, you know he's just a little boy, like. So he gets killed, and the Flash gets really mad, 
And then the reverse flash shows up and he says, look what you did, Barry. And, um, you know, Barry's so confused as to why the reverse flash is there. He doesn't understand, but, you know, basically says that, um, the, you know, the world's being torn apart by your friends and flash doesn't understand. He's like, what did you do to the world? He's like, what did I do? He's like, this is what you did. You know? Um, and he asked Barry, he's like, do you remember? And he said, you were at your mother's grave on her birthday. And, you know, um, her first birthday since you learned I was responsible for her murder and the life of uh, gnawing emptiness finally uh, pushed you over the edge and to a place where you swore you'd never go to the past, to the day she died. Um, and he saves her, you know, he saves her life and he remembers this and realized that this whole world and everything that is happening is all Barry's fault. So a fight then ensues between Barry and the reverse flash. They go at it. They beat the hell out of each other. And then, um, you know, Batman gets gets involved and gets hurt. And Barry rushes him off to sit, you know, sit it out. And um, Barry basically, or, you know, the, the reverse flash, he's like, I was running through the time stream when you altered it. He's like, because of that, you've transformed me into a living paradox. You've freed me from the shackles of history. He's like, that means that no matter what happens to you, Barry Allen, the past, present, or future, I will still exist. I am removed from the timeline. I exist outside of it. You don't matter to me. I can kill you, your mother, or I can kill you in your mother's womb. I can kill you this very second. I can hurt you, but you cannot hurt me, Barry. The legendary Flash cannot hurt Eobard Thawne. Just then, a sword comes plunging through the reverse flash's chest revealing that batman is behind him plunging the sword through the chest now in the movie the same thing happens except batman shoots the reverse flash through the head and it is brutal disgusting and a shot you know a camera angle viewing right through the bullet hole of the flash a reverse flash shows batman behind him holding a gun so that's a little different. Don't know why they changed it, but whatever. Just then, you know, not not soon after that, you know, the battle down there is raging on. All these Atlanteans are facing off against Amazons, and um, Superman shows up, and the Resistance shows up. So we've got we've got Grifter, we've got um, oh, I can't remember that guy's name now. The Outsider. We've got Blackout. Uh, we've got all these all these people um, showing up to uh, you know take take on what's left. And in the in the movie, Grifter dies with an arrow through the head. All these people are just getting messed up. They're getting so fucked up, all left and right. Um, you know, after after the reverse flash is gone, they make a conscious decision. Oh, I'm sorry. Then Superman shows up. Superman shows up and, and finishes everything in the movie. Cyborg dies. Um, you know, a lot, there's a lot going on. But ultimately, the decision is made um, uh, by Barry to you know, run back to when he saves his mom and stop himself from doing it. Before he does that, Thomas Wayne gives a letter to Barry to bring to Bruce. Um, you know, Bruce or Barry reads the letter and, you know, goes off and he goes to save his, well, he ends up back to his, to his mom, you know, and his mom, he tells the story of what's going on. And his mom tells Barry that he needs to go and stop himself from saving her in the past. And, um, you know, and asked how many more people are going to die by keeping her alive. And he said, you know, thousands, millions, you know, the whole world's going to go. So Barry decides that he's going to, he's going to run. He's going to find himself. 
he's going to stop himself from making it back there that far. And he does. In the process, there's a lot of things going on. He in the comic book there's a there's a there's a big um big you know splash page of all these different timelines. He says I need to run back to the time stream. I see three timelines. Why? He's like because the history of heroes was shattered into three long ago, splintered to weaken the world for their impending arrival. You must all stand together. The timelines must become one again. You can help me fix that, Barry, but at a cost. And uh, you know, he didn't he wasn't sure who it was that said that, but all the timelines are displayed out. It's really crazy. It looks really cool. Um and then Barry wakes up, you know, same way this starts out. Barry wakes up in his office. Everything's back to normal. He's got to leave. He goes and visits Batman. It is Bruce Wayne. Everything seems to be back to normal. And he delivers a letter to Bruce. Bruce takes off his mask and reads the letter. Tells Barry, you know, he's a hell of a messenger. And Barry explains to him everything what happened. And seems to be everything is back in order. Um, you know, he delivers, like I said, uh, Batman starts crying and the, the story ends. So for the most part, this, this comic book is very, it's very good. I, I think I like the comic book more, um, than the movie. The movie's awesome, but the comic is called Flashpoint written by Jeff Johns, Andy Cooper and Sandra Hope. Um, it, you know, it's, it's a, it's a phenomenal read. Definitely go check it out and, um, de- check out the movie. It's on Netflix. If you, uh, have the streaming plan. Um, definitely worth checking out. Now, this whole reason that we're doing this special is solely because of our theories for the season two finale of the CW's Flash. Um, you know, I I speculated so many things from this um, story and how that could play out. Now, rumor has it that um, over at DC in Warner Brothers land that they are no longer keeping heroes from being able to appear on the CW series with the news of Superman um, coming about and appearing in Supergirl for the first two episodes. This makes me think that the first, that the crossover event will be the premiere episodes. This is just a working theory. I don't know, but how crazy if they're doing four crossovers for all four shows on the CW, meaning Supergirl, Flash, Arrow and Legends, they could very well make this, you know, the make the crossover the premiere. You know, bring bring a Superman into it. Make him a skinny little guy. You know, make him do this. Make him do that. You know, make this storyline awesome. Bring in Thomas Wayne. Make Batman there. Maybe not. I don't think they'll they'll go that far. I really don't. They could do the or the you know the story with Oliver's father and all that stuff. If you want to hear all of that speculation, listen to our episode seventeen, um, the Flash finale special and we know we did a whole special on the finale and at the end of it we go into deep about the um you know the theories and stuff like that maybe i'll put some clips in here at the end um that way you guys don't have to go back and listen but it you know it's real real crazy you know what's going on lane and i talked about it in, in great length um but there is one more thing i wanted to go over just briefly in dc's rebirth number one this is the newest comic book line from dc um, it, the whole thing is narrated by Wally West, who is another flash. Um, and you know, it, it goes on to say that he, you know, he's trapped in the speed force, you know, he reaches out to Batman. Um, and he, he says that something, something happened, you know, time was stolen from, from them. He shows up to Bruce and says he needs their help. Bruce doesn't know who he is. Anything like that. 10 years was stolen from this group of, 
you know, heroes. Wally West just drifting, you know, in in the Speed Force. He remembers everything, but nobody else remembers what's happening. So Wally West starts to narrate, you know, what had happened. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to read that for you now. I'm going to read you what, what goes on. But as, as I tumble back into the Speed Force, my life flickers in front of me like an old film. At least my life was, or as it was before the flashpoint hit. When I was 13, my Aunt Iris offered to take me in for the summer. My parents were more than willing to ship me off, and I couldn't wait to go. Because Iris lived in Central City. It is where the Flash lived, too. President and only member of the Flash fan club. Everything was so simple back then. Iris and her boyfriend introduced me to the Flash. At the time, I didn't know he, w- he and Barry Allen were one and the same. I thought meeting him would be the greatest moment of my life, but it got better. I was struck by a bolt of lightning and doused in the same chemicals that transformed Barry Allen into the Flash. It happened to me, too. Barry called it a freak billion-to-one coincidence, though later we theorized it was Barry subconsciously drawing down the speed force. Um, To make a sad kid's greatest wish come true, the kid Flash was born. The happiness I found that wasn't or that I found after that wasn't because I could outrun a jet or that I even that I was being trained by my idol. It was because I didn't have to wait until the summer to visit my Aunt Iris anymore. I could run from Blue Valley to Central City in less than a minute. And when my parents finally split up, Iris and Barry became a real family. I found friends too. Then one day the skies turned red and Barry died saving the universe. To honor him, I stepped into his boots. From this day forth, the Flash lives again. But it wasn't until I met the love of my life that I felt like I deserved to be called the Flash. She was a young reporter named Linda Park. Over the years, as my power grew, there were times I'd run so fast I'd break the time barrier. And like now, I'd get lost and imprisoned within the Speed Force. Every time, I thought I was lost forever. Linda helped me come home. Our love transcended dimensions. We were connected no matter what, where we were. Like I said, she was my lightning rod. Then not long ago, a miracle happened, and Barry returned from the Speed Force himself. And for a brief moment, it seemed like everything was perfect. Then it wasn't. Barry traveled into the past to try and prevent his mother's murder at the hands of the reverse flash and Barry did it he saved her but what's called a flashpoint was created a powerful and devastating butterfly effect the flashpoint resulted in a complete rewriting of reality in this new reality Dr. Thomas Wayne became Batman after watching his son Bruce get gunned down together Barry and Dr. Wayne saved the universe and Barry stopped himself from changing the past but someone outside of time watched it all happen Someone saw history unravel when Barry first created the Flashpoint. And when history was coming back together, they attacked. As our timelines reformed, someone stole ten years from us. A decade was removed, like a Jenga piece. I don't know exactly how or why, but it changed everything. Heroes that were legends became novices. Bonds between them were weakened and erased. Legacies were destroyed. A darkness from from somewhere has infected us. It has, long, it has for a long time now, I think. Even before the Flashpoint. And no one knows this but me. 
The secret isn't that if the Flashpoint changed the universe, it's that someone else did. And whoever they are, they're still out there. I can't give up. I have to get back. For Linda, for Barry, for my family and friends. I reach out for something to grab onto that could bring me home. Someone. Anyone. Before I'm gone. Forever. And before whoever attacked my friends attacks again. My name is Wally West. I was the fastest man alive. I was the Flash. Whether I will ever be again isn't what's important. What's important is that I get back so I can warn everyone. So I can deliver a message. It's not over. So that is the end of chapter two of DC's Rebirth. Um, the whole thing is narrated by Wally West. And like I said at the beginning, he goes to get Batman. He reaches out to him. He doesn't know who he is. It's crazy. It's a crazy storyline. So that's how that ties into Flashpoint. So I don't, you, you read for yourself. Flashpoint started New 52. This takes place after New 52. I didn't read much in New 52, but uh, I want to. Uh, if I ever get the downtime to read through the hundreds of issues that were released for it. Um, don't know if I'll ever do it or not, but who knows? But, um, like I said, there, you know, the flashpoint had a lot of repercussions and it seems like that's what they're getting into, um, in the CW TV series. Um, I think I am going to put the clip here at the end. I know I, I was thinking about it before, but, um, I took a little pause break for a little bit and I think I'm going to put that in, um, right here at the end of this so you guys can hear that way you don't have to go back and try to find it and listen to that whole episode unless unless it interests you then I, I highly recommend it was a pretty popular episode of ours but um uh that's episode 17 i believe so i'm gonna put the clip in at the end of our speculating and um uh we're gonna go from there but next next week we're doing uh superman doomsday and um the death of superman uh, special because that's like the storyline from Batman v Superman and then um, when the ultimate edition of that comes out uh, you know we'll watch it and do a special of that I hear it's more cohesive more linear storyline um, it's not so choppy or anything like that um, so I guess we'll see that's you know that's what the latest rumor is so um, until next time guys this has uh, been another Nerd Talkalypse episode um, and we'll we'll be back here next week thanks for listening This is a clip from episode 17 of Nerd Talk Ellipse. Um, this is Lane and I talking about our speculation on the season three of the CW's Flash TV show um, and our thoughts based off Flashpoint uh, and the Flashpoint Paradox uh, movie and comics. Um, some of the information um, is a little different because we just had read um, Flashpoint last week, so... We're going, we're going to get right into the uh, clip right now. Well, and I have, I have a couple more. Remember, remember what I talked to you about earlier in the work week. I'll get I'll get to that. Let me just let's start off with this way. Let's say it happens the same way, opens up the same way. Barry, you know, Barry's mom is a little older. You know, he's around. He grew up with his parents. He doesn't have any reason to run. Let Let's say let's say, you know, Cisco never worked at Star Labs. Okay, Ebor Thawne never came back. Right? Yeah. Ebarthon, he was the one who, who assumed Harrison Wells' identity. Right. In in before he took the identity, Harry Wells was saying that he that they were working on Star Labs. That was his plan. He was gonna build a particle accelerator, but not till twenty twenty. Yeah, I mean now, the Flash would have become the Flash eventually. Yeah. But Ebarthon just pro- pro- progressed it. Right. So let's say it opens up and she's he says, Oh, you know, I'm I'm a superhero and she's like, Well, like the green arrow? 
Right. You know what I mean? Because Oliver Queen would, you know, maybe it's, that would happen, yeah, but it might not be Oliver Queen. It might be Oliver's dad. Might be, yeah. Which in the Flashpoint Paradox, it's Batman. Batman's dad is Batman because ba- uh, Bruce Wayne gets killed in the alley. And Batman's mom. mom his mind, which is, that shit is nuts, dude. Becomes the Joker. It. Yeah, it's crazy. So let's say, let's say Barry finds current, present day Earth-1 Harrison Wells that isn't taken over by Eobard Thawne. Yes. All right, he's... He's well into Star Labs. He's doing his book. He's talking about the particle accelerator. Well, do you think? Well, but, speaking, do you think that it'll start off when Barry is a boy, or will it go back? Will he? Will he? He won't be able to go back to his time. I think he he'll might be stuck in the past, or are we stuck in his? I, time? I think when he no, I think he just wakes up back in his time. How? I can't remember exactly. I but know. I know he doesn't have his power, and I don't think he's going to have to live that life as an adult from that point. Like, that would suck. Yeah, I don't think that's what's going to happen. I'm, they'll, I'm sure they'll they'll science the hell out of it somehow and right. figure it out. But um, maybe he'll have just enough speed to get back to present day where his mom is alive. Right. But let's just say, you know, he meets he he finds Harrison Wells and he's got to he's got to talk he's got to tell him everything because he still has his memory. Barry does. Yeah. He remembers being the Flash. He remembers everything that just happened that took him to this point. Except now his mom is alive and he doesn't have powers. So he has to convince Earth One Harrison Wells, who presumably would have a daughter. Right. Because his fiance would have never died. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Jesse Quick could still be in Earth One continuity now. Right. Eddie Thawne would not have died. Yeah. So Iris could be with Eddie Thawne. Maybe because Barry Barry never would have lived with them. Exactly. You know, maybe she would never would have known Eddie Thorne. You know, and she might have, or I don't know. Like it could. I mean, either way, Eddie Thorne would be with yeah. Joe in the in the police office. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I'm just making but, assumptions. Like, the whole butterfly effect. You know, kill one butterfly, everything yeah. can change. So, the fact that Barry doesn't even live with Joe could mean that we never see Eddie Thorne, or right. Eddie Thorne lives somewhere. You know, it, it's too like. Um, the ideas are limitless. You know, Barry would have grown up with with his parents, his father not being jailed. Yeah, because he wouldn't. There wouldn't have been murder for him to be caught. Uh, and this would more than likely change the continuity of Supergirl because, in the Flashpoint paradox, like maybe in Earth One, Supergirl came down and they and they and they took her and put her away in a government facility, and she's going to be skinny and, you know what I mean. This would make Earth One have Supergirl and not Earth Three. Right. Or maybe it would just make Earth one have Supergirl. Like, um, it would just be to take a place of the Batman of a Superman story in there. Yeah, and then so the Reverse Flash, maybe he'll be the villain, like in the Flashpoint movie. And how's this going to affect Arrow? How's it going to affect Legends? Will it? It has to. Yeah, I know. That's what, but just because it has to. I mean, this thing, this show sometimes do things that it has to do. That right. Do it. I mean, I, I just it won't make sense if it doesn't. They're right. planning that four way crossover, and I feel like. They might plan it for the premieres, or at least the fourth episode, or something like. Maybe that's where all that from that trailer will come in because it's gonna live all of this again. Like, yeah, yeah, that's true. Vandal Savage back, like that would be. That's there's so many. That's so crazy. Like, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, will he interact with the Harrison Wells and get him to create the particle accelerator early? And so will and, there be two of him at this point, or there will be one Barry, right? There will be one Barry. Yeah. But if he runs back to the yeah, if yeah, I guess if, if he runs back to the future, it'll be him. Yeah, his life will just be different. But see, and then see, but then how do he remember everything? Like he starts in the in this book, he starts forgetting right over time. Like he starts. Forgetting. I think so. 
feel like I remember that because like but, he, he was remember because you can't have memories of stuff that never happened. So eventually, his I think his brain actually started to forget. Yeah, and he has to try to fix yeah. it before he forgets. Yeah. Um. So like when they create, if if he convinces Harrison Wells from Earth One, which which is another crazy thing, Tom Cavanaugh. Okay, Tom Cavanaugh. He plays Harrison Wells. This is all bent up. You know. I know. I saw. I got it in the mail. Oh, well, Tom. I know. Tom Cavanaugh. Season one, Flash. He played. Ebar Thawne. He also played Earth One Harrison Wells pre Ebar Thawne. And then in season two, he played Harrison Wells from Earth Two, who's a completely different monster. Right. So then he's coming back to play Earth One Harrison Wells again. Three separate characters, pretty much. Yeah. He this man is playing, and they're each different in their own way. Damn good actor. Yeah, right. That's true. So if he if he convinces him to create the particle accelerator, will Caitlin Snow become Killer Frost on Earth One? Will Ronnie Raymond return? Yeah, we could see a Ronnie Raymond firestorm again. You know, and it also has been announced that Cisco will have a full vibe suit for season three. How does that change? Every, you know what I mean? That that changes so well, this, much. The particle, the particle accelerator still has to blow up for all these guys to have their powers. Right. So how many dop- or how many metahumans are we going to see return? Right. Yeah, I mean, or I mean, at first we're not gonna see any. They're not gonna be many humans. Cause... See, they could totally take the Aquaman, Wonder Woman aspect of it and make it just like a crazy metapocalypse. Right. And have Reverse Flash at the center of it all, just like in the movie. Yeah. But have a whole bunch of rogues in the process, like in the book, or in the in the movie. Um. You know, does Barry? Now, here's my here's the real question. Does Barry affecting the Earth One timeline affect the Earth Two timeline if they operate on different frequencies? Will the Harrison Wells of Earth Two have all of those memories that just happened, even though Barry changed the timeline of Earth One? Oh, that's tough. Could he come in and help? Well, as far the way I would understand it is, we'll say at the very beginning of time there was one Earth. At the the very first second of time there's one Earth. Every decision everybody that's why there's infinite Earths. Every decision anybody makes. There's an other decision that could have been made, and right. that Earth is created, which right. is ridiculous because that's it's it's unbelievable. Like you know, every you know, there's a billions of people on Earth. Every decision they make, in fact, you know, it ha- I mean, I guess it might have to be like a. So if there's a version of me who goes to Domino's and takes a left turn, there's a, another Earth created where I took a right turn. Yeah, ultimately, that's the way I understand the. Whether universe. whether or not it was a a a, a ditch and I died. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That happened, and then you know and then, what I mean. And, see, and then there's an Earth created where that your family is affected by that, but then there's this Earth one still where you're living now, but in Earth two, you're dead, your family is grieving. Right. Emily grows up without a father. It, you know what I mean? And that changes everything. And that change. And the more Earths are created after yeah, that goes this way. More Earths are created off of that. More Earths are created off of this. You know, this one makes two. This one makes three. This one makes four. This, it's exponential. Like right. It, and I don't know if everybody's decision. The reason I'm saying that is because on the Legends show, he the reason he chose them is saying because you guys don't affect the timeline. Right. So maybe not everybody's decisions do, but like say there's a, say, like there's two people falling out of the sky and Flash can save one. He saves one. The other one dies. The other one dies. But in the other another is created where he does save that one. Right. And that one dies. You know what I mean? So like that. So, so, I mean, my, that, realistically, this could be Earth 3. We could yeah. be on Earth 3 right now, for all we fucking know. So, the reason the reason I say that, based on this, 
is that that Earth 2 will probably... I think that, that Earth 2 will still be normal. Will still be there. But other Earths will be created off of that. Right. You know I mean? This is... You know, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how that would change because that one's already established. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, it also vibrates at a different frequency completely. So, yeah, so I don't know. I'm wondering that's if the... That's, that's way depth. That's in depth right Well, there. I just want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's crazy. I just want to know if that... Because if that Harrison Wells would... Rem, he's going to remember all that. And Jesse. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's going to... Even fucking Jay Garrick. Like... Yeah, but it's not like they can just phone call in. You know what I mean? Like, we well, I know to... that. If they can figure out a way to get him back there, he's going to be able to be like, hey, I'm Harry Wells. I was here for all this. I can vouch for this man. This is what happened. Zoom fucking just ravaged us. And, you know, I'm happy to meet you, <laughs> doppelganger. Like, I mean, it would end up being that because Vibe won't be Vibe right away. He's right. going to be able to create a breach. But as, we, as they said at the end of the episode, Wells and Jesse are going to try to find a way to get him back to Earth 3. He could. I mean, he's yeah. gonna find. He has to. That, that means he has to find a way to make a breach. It also depends too, because Ebar Thawne hired Cisco. You know what I mean? So who knows what Cisco's doing? It could change completely. Yeah, if he gets a, hit by the particle accelerator, it could be. He could be bad. Or, he could be crazy. He could might not even be. I mean, he's still who he is. I mean, I don't. He might not even. I don't know. This, this is. There's too much insane insanity that could even disoccur. There's so many things. So many things. Well, I I I think that. Whatever is happening, that is... I don't know how they're going to do it, but I think that that's how they're going to get Supergirl to Earth-1. Right. And earlier in the week, I talked to you about... the Now, this rumor... I looked at the video. It's almost a year old. But the rumor keeps popping back up that Tom Welling from Smallville will be brought back into the CW-verse. It would be awesome. I loved him as Clark Kent. So if if the TV universe can get a Superman on screen as Clark Kent, as Superman, with Supergirl, hell yeah, they can get Batman. I think they there there's so much the DC extended universe can go where it wants to with movies. Okay, right. but I think that they can do even more because who knows the movie verse might. Fucking go right into rebirth, right into new fifty-two continuity. Right. The show can take care of everything else. Yeah. They can do crisis. They can do whatever they want, but they have to have those characters to do it. Yeah, you can't do a crisis on Infinite Earth without all those characters. You can't, like, you couldn't. I mean, I, I mean, I believe they couldn't do Flashpoint with all these characters, but they just might. You know, I don't know how they're gonna do it. I think they could, but I mean, there won't be a cyborg. Cyborg doesn't play too big of a part in the in that in that movie. Aquaman and Wonder Woman, they play the biggest parts. And you know you got and you got Batman. Thomas Wayne's Batman. You know, so it's. And I mean Bruce Bruce Wayne makes an appearance at the end, 